the Chompcast Game of the Year show. For the next few hours, you are in for a treat. Hours of climaxing, if you will, to conclude a year of agonizing foreplay. Uh, the Dagger Tooths, a.k.a. the Sword Chomp Game of the Year Awards for 2019. I'll get to all the rules and all the topics that we'll be discussing here in a minute, but I don't want to waste no time today. We're going to get right to the intros to warm ourselves up. And the first, the best man for warming me up from Texas, the Filipino Johnny Depp, the one and only Fish is here. How you doing, Fish? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. I'm, I'm glad you're here, buddy. Man. Yeah, the best. You were my best man at my wedding, actually. Um, That's true. Yeah. Best, Probably the worst best be- man. <laughs> best, worst, worst, best man. Yes. Um, you actually won some congratulations in the spirit of the Dundies uh, and the greatest television show ever, The Office. You guys all won some dagger tooths this week. Fish won a couple dagger yeah. tooths. It was pretty incredible. I saw on the Instagram he won hottest in the office. So congratulations. That's a good yeah. one. Thank you. Appreciate well deserved. it. Well deserved. It makes sense. I mean, oh. he was always pouring water on himself from the water cooler and his shirt was always see-through yeah, he was Which very sweaty sense. yeah he was hot it was a little warm you know i did mm-hmm. not even remind refilling the water cooler <laughs> yes yeah, knowing it was getting used it. that that well yeah <laughs> yeah it's always nice the, it's because yeah it's because the well <laughs> the well always ran dry when it came around fish mm. that's mm. true i mean i just <laughs> I could. That's just where you should live. Fish. You have an Instagram account where it's just you, shirtlessly changing water coolers, because um, that's apparently a thing. I found out the other day. Like uh, in big cities, like they hire like kind of muscular people to change out water coolers in in businesses oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. the water guy. Yeah, the water the water guy. You can be a water guy. You know. Hey, that's porn. Now, it's well, it's the start of a, so in some cities <laughs> that I've seen on Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're talking. Oh, what is it called? Titsmacadamia? That city? Oh, I think I saw that video on RedTube. Titsmacadamia. Uh, I'm gonna have to let it slide. Um, glad you're here, Fish. And oh, and also the other one he won was a gr- it was a, a prestigious one. It was a Dagger Tooth Award for uh, most likely to be left stranding on a red receipt. So uh, congratulations, Fish. Um, we've all been there. You know, you see that that red receipt, and they read it 10 hours ago, and you're just fuming on the inside. So, yeah. <sighs> You know, I usually have those turned off, but occasionally I'll enable it just so someone knows I read a message and then turn it back <laughs> off. That seems like a dickish thing. Josh, I'm telling you, I, I've dated people that would be mad if you turn it off. They'd be like, why'd you turn off your red receipt? The fuck is going on? You're like, whoa, whoa, okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> it's a dangerous world out there. Thanks for being here, Fish, for your final game of the year show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and as I was just alluding to there, Joshua Fowler is here. Uh, we call him Josh. Um, very yes. specific, very specific yes. Josh. We're creative with the nicknames here. <laughs> it's true. Straight into the point. He's... Uh, <laughs> he's... Um, Josh is a Jimmy Rustler, and we were notorious for fighting last year, but this year we are not going to fight Josh. It's going to be peaceful. Yeah. Uh, until the second half of the show. No fighting in oh. the first half of the show. Oh, my God. Those fights. I, I don't know if I could bring up the behind the scenes, but, like, <laughs> man, they get pretty heated. No, man, yeah. Lawyers were involved. It was, it was, it was rough. Lies. Lies. I... 
Nice. I that. Fish, it was like you were in, in between your two deport de- parents before they got a divorce and they were just screaming at each other. <laughs> it's like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say two deported parents and I was like, is that because he's Asian? <laughs> That's what I heard too. Wow. <laughs> wow. came out totally wrong. <laughs> wow. Uh, Josh won a dagger tooth for best smile. Hope you saw that. Oh. Um, yeah, best smile. And that was that classic. Um, wow. Very... <laughs> well received. Uh, and then, of course, um, because he's a gardener, he won uh, the tulips dagger tooth. Because um, oh. if, if you don't like his uh, choices, you can go plant some tulips. Tulips on this dick. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I was going to say that makes sense because he won the smile and then the tulips yeah, yeah, contribute yeah. to the best smile. But, you know, it's true. With Morgan, it goes to a different place as per usual. Yeah. yeah. I had to really dig for a good gardening sexual joke. Hey. <laughs> Oh, shit! That was a complete accident. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'll take it. So, yeah, thanks for being here, Josh. Uh, By the way, just for the sake of humor, last week I found the exact point in our podcast where we started arguing, and it was really funny. It was a very innocuous comment that I made, and Mm -hmm. because I was tracing it back to, like, I don't know how much we edited out, but I traced it all the way back to the beginning to see where me and Josh started fighting, and it was the very first award of the show, and I was like, um, I want to spread, I think my exact words are, I want to spread this around because obviously Red Dead could win pretty much all these awards. And Josh was like, no, it couldn't. And then we just started <laughs> fighting. Right, was, right from was, the beginning. It was, it was, was downhill. Right. <laughs> that was, that was ironically the one award that Josh did give the Red Dead. So mm-hmm. that's how we, that's how weird that show was. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I, I'm glad I missed last week's show then, because I feel like that would have been a very heated Oh. three-way and then fish would have been like oh no wonder why i'm leaving <laughs> <laughs> no no that was last year's game of the year that's oh last year i thought you meant yeah, last yeah. year Sorry. i went to back i went back and watched uh or watched i went back and listened to the game of the year podcast so it's still out there that's probably that's probably part of the reason fish is like <laughs> man i've done this arguing shit for three years this is gonna be the last yeah. year i can do this shit i can't do it anymore I just want Daddy and Mommy to love each other. That's Shay Layton from Japan, uh, the oh, one and fish. only uh, we professor. Don't. We don't. We don't love each other. But we love you very much. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. thank you, Josh. Yeah. Uh-huh. As, as long as you don't turn you out like your piece of shit dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're, happy to see you fly, we're happy to see you flying the coop, Fish. It's like when a parent grows up. We know that in a couple years you'll be back and when your life turns into a sham. But, you know, right now we're happy to right, see you leave. Right. All of us did that. How many of us left the house only to return a few years later in our young adulthoods? Um, might, be a, might be a month. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> fish is going to be like, my life is, I've lost all meaning. Anyways, I wasn't introducing Fish, goddammit. I was introducing Shay. Hey. Japan. hey, Jay won some dagger tooths too. Uh, did yeah? You what did won. I win? Best quote, which was the other day. I was thinking about Keanu Reeves in the shower. So congratulations. Wow. Best <laughs> I think that's. I think that is the best quote to have in 2019. If we're being honest, oh okay. yeah. it's, it's really well, it's, hard to remember who said it. It's it's something you can you can you can picture so many people having that having that thought. It's true. A lot of people had that thought. Josh. Yeah. But only one person had the balls to say it. That's damn right. Yeah. And I had the, <laughs> well, you know what? I, that could have been even more um, poignant in 2020 because that's, of course, when Cyberpunk comes out, we will get the Keanu Reeves character uh, in Cyberpunk. So, but 
we'll take it. Um, uh, well, he, he, E3, E3 was the reason why yeah, yeah. that he really burst out this year. So, Oh, he burst. Keanu Reeves bursted over all of us, and we opened our mouths and let it rain upon us. With calm indignance. Um, you're, you're thinking of Norman Reedus. Oh, that's it's easy to mix those two up. Well, you know, it was a good year for Norman Reedus, too. You know, for, I can't say I've ever really cared much about Norman Reedus until this year, but, you know, it's a good, it was a good year for Reedus. Yeah. Enormous We've all Reedus. thought about him in the shower, though. <laughs> I, you know, who, who hasn't thought about an enormous Reedus in the shower? Mm-hmm. Um, Shay, we're happy you're here. Also, you did win another one. For some reason, I have this picture of you on my phone wearing a straw fedora, and if it is a straw fedora, and I don't know why, but I always think of you being in Japan when I see this picture, because you're just like sitting on like a beach in a straw fedora, mostly naked, and... It just all happy and smiling, and I'm like, oh, that's a man who's about to get laid a lot in Japan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that- no thanks to the fedora. <laughs> no thanks whatsoever. <laughs> it was a straw fedora, right? Because I couldn't. It I was. wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Very long story short, I went to the beach with some friends, and uh, one of my friends, actually uh, former friends, he was Filipino. Still is Filipino. I don't think that's changed. But uh, <laughs> you wore a fedora to the beach, and he's like, "Hey, you gotta wear it." And I was like, "Man, fedoras—they just—they don't work." And he's like, "Just try it." And I was like, "Hey, I kind of like this. I kind of like the way I look." But that picture is embarrassing for me because it's like not because of the fedora, actually, but uh, oh. it's because I think that was like the skinniest I've ever been in my adult life, and that was because like right before I came to Japan, I was really penny pinching. And so I came to Japan shortly after that. And the first few months coming to Japan were a little rocky because of uh, not having a lot of money and trying to get settled in and everything. So I didn't have a lot of money for food those first few months um, as I was trying to buy like uh, like necessities and stuff to survive, uh, like a bed and whatnot. And so I didn't have a lot More of money. Fedoras. And so I was like, Shh. yeah, I went and bought a fedora. That, that is very essential. And, um, yeah, I was super skinny during that time. And so I think that's like the skinniest picture I've ever, like I've ever looked in my adult life. So it's a very, it's a very weird picture. I'm wearing a straw fedora, super skinny on an overcast beach. It's a very weird picture. It's, it feels, it, <laughs> it only happened like two and a half years ago, but it feels like a lifetime ago yeah. as well. It's a weird, it's a weird, weird feeling. Basically, uh-huh. I just went through my phone and found pictures of you guys that I still had and uh, turned them into awards. So that's for, that's for <laughs> best straw fedora and good luck tackling that award anytime or topping that award anytime soon. I highly, highly doubt anyone will ever top that. In in five years, I just want Shay to take it again, but him be like super buff with the straw fedora and just he's just gonna be like rippling muscles. But my muscly bald head will be like just poking through. The straw fedora at that point. Or, or use the, take the hat off and cover your private region with it and make it something funny like that. that would be oh, just like that guy who was super buff on the beach and he covered it and then the shadow betrayed him. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm General Mountain Time, by the way. Um, Morgan, if you're freaky. I did win a couple awards too, guys. I won Best Body Transformation. So thank you so much uh, for me giving that to myself. Uh, I did have that. <laughs> you you did break your leg. You did break your leg this year. Uh-huh. Like at first I was like this vain piece of shit, and then I remembered that you broke your leg, and I was like, you know what? We'll let him have it. We'll let him have it this year. 
It's true. It's true. Next year, I'm going to have to really amp it up. I had a lot of people messaging me like, how did, I had, look, if it makes you feel better, I had to post a really gross picture of myself to show the transformation. So that evens it out. You have to post the gross picture to post the good picture. Uh-huh. And everyone has to see the gross picture. So I don't think that's how it works. But like, quick question. I know this is completely off topic. Why don't people post the opposite and like try and get recognition like i used to be this big buff motherfucker now i'm this this just this rotund out of shape person where are my likes i could man where are those before and after pictures that reminds me of a a topic i'll have to tell you after the air uh, off air but yes you that would be great too i think i think there's value in both of those um, and I don't know, remember the other award that I won, but I know Fish did also win Crustiest Cum Sock, much like Pam's Whitest. <laughs> I laughed at that so hard when I saw that. <laughs> One last dig. One last dig. <laughs> One last ride, Fish. That's what she said. Um, yeah, Crustiest Cum Sock. I'm proud of you, Fish. It was. It was one. difficult. It was difficult to get that all crusty uh, like that. I, oh, I, I won best beard too. Really, it's kind of unfair because all mine are really vain. Um, because you know, it's, it's like I was doing the, it's like I was doing the awards or something. Um, <laughs> maybe next year I win most beautiful penis. Who knows? Um, I wouldn't hold your breath or your penis because then it's going to look really <laughs> small in the photos that you take. Yeah, yeah, need to hold. penis breath. That's it. Have um, to hire right, some. Uh, Tiny, tiny stunt hands to to help oh, out with that shot. <clears throat> some, some little like, uh, <laughs> or like those creepy um, ventriloquist dolls with like the hands on a string moving up and down the penis. I don't know where this is going, but I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, get like one of those uh, grabbers for old people and just. Uh... Mm. Yeah, 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 but yeah, with yeah, like yeah. with like a realistic human hand <laughs> on the end of it. So you can... <laughs> that was so or better yet, the, the the deformed hand from uh, uh, Scary Movie Two, the My Germs guy. That's what the hand's gonna look like. <sighs> Anyways, um, it's gonna be a lot of fun this uh, show in particular because we wait all year to do this and it's a bit a big party. The first half of the show, like I said, we'll try to be more civil and positive, and then the debate and discourse can really take place. I think in the second half of the show when we have to make our group choices, um, it should be fun. I'm always surprised to see what wins what because it has to be at least to some degree a reflection of of us all. So, uh, but I do want to say if you're new to the podcast. Um, one of the great things we do here, you can support us at patreon.com slash swordchomp, patreon.com slash swordchomp. It means the world to us. We have all sorts of incredible tiers, including a private VIP Instagram tier. Um, it's like a secret club for Chomp Nation if you want to join that. And with our Game of the Year shows, we have basically one rule, and that is we have one tie that is allowed. Okay, You can have one tie. And that can mean any category that you want. And the way these shows are broken up today will be all the categories. Uh, and I'm going to run through all the categories right now. And then tomorrow will be the uh, top five countdown for the year, including our Sword Chomp Game of the Year. So the categories today will be favorite weapon, favorite moment, favorite narrative, favorite soundtrack, favorite hair, favorite boss. Favorite art direction, favorite character, favorite gameplay mechanic, favorite ecosystem, and favorite villain. And then we have a surprise topic at the very end of the show that we cannot reveal right now. 
Um, so the and the big thing with these is we always use the term favorite because I think the term best is kind of silly. At the end of the day, even the most discerning journalist is going to go for the thing they enjoy the most as opposed to what is the best. So we always try to emphasize the word favorite. Um, but the reasons why we pick those things will be revealed. So uh, and yeah, and we can have one tie. And then tomorrow, of course, we'll count down our top five. So you check out the part two of this podcast if you really enjoy it. And hell, if you enjoy what we do, and this is your first show. We have years of podcasts to go back and listen to. And we'd love to have you as part of Chomp Nation. So anyways, the rambling is over. I just want to kind of set things up. A drum roll, if you will. Um, and here's, I'm going to try and lead by example here as far as like length of time to discuss things. Like we want to feel like we've discussed things properly and we can discourse with each other briefly, but also keep the show moving. Okay. So the first category is start off with a fun one. If you notice, we're going to have some fun awards here. All right. So I try to have fun with these while also being sincere about my decisions. I'm sure you guys did as well. First topic. Favorite weapon. Sorry, I had to get it in one last time. Favorite weapon. So this spawned from the basic. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get the phone ring in one more time. But this actually will fit into my favorite weapon, Josh, if you if you think really hard about this one. Um, or Well, you're smarter than me. You don't have to think very hard at all. I, w- I will have to think very hard. Uh, favorite weapon just came from the fun idea that, look, weapons of all kinds are a big part of video games now and we just thought it'd be a fun topic to have we did it back in the day and i remember the wing stick from rage was one of the first characters we ever had because like god damn that weapon is fun to use and the topic was born so i have to give people a little backstory my favorite weapon is jesse faden from control that's right she is a human (laughs) weapon of sorts um i thought that'd be a fun choice in a way that i could honor her in this category because in Control, Jesse Faden is not only a badass, interesting, and strong character, but her body is in many ways her weapon. Now, you do have a gun that only really she can use because she's the director's weapon, right? But really, it is the telekinesis, the levitation, you know, her mind. Um, and she's talking to Polaris and all that. And then, of course, she has the force push where she can just explode the ground in front of her. And just she is a fucking floating queen of death. That is, she is, in many ways, a a human weapon. Um, so I thought it'd be a, a fun way to honor her in this category, with a close runner-up being the sword whip from Fire Emblem, the sword of the creator, because that is a big part of Fire Emblem, is is that weapon. Is um, that your tie? No, no, no. That was just, I was just mentioning a, a brief runner-up. Oh, che- cheating, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> Cheating, cheating. Hey, I, as long as I'm doing it succinctly, I think it's fair. So, Jesse Faden, congratulations. I'm giving you my dagger tooth for best weapon. Um, and she knows it. I, I still remember that line where she's, like, talking about how she's just happy to be there. She's in this creepy-ass oldest house, and she's just like, this is where I fucking belong. So, Jesse Faden, dagger tooth for me, best weapon. Shay, you're dancing. Um, I guess I'll... <laughs> Why are you dancing over there? Because I uh, wanted your attention. Are you standing? <laughs> are you standing right now, or are you sitting? I can't yeah, tell. Yeah, I'm standing. Oh, okay. All right. You're like one of the. You're like those offices you work at where there's the one guy who has a standing desk, and everyone. It's really awkward. I um, want a standing desk, actually, but uh-huh. that's neither here nor there. Okay, best weapon, Shay. Um, what you got for me? It's funny because my be- my favorite weapon of 2019 is also jesse and her mind powers this year from Control. oh shut up are you serious i'm dead serious oh god that's nice. dead serious. okay okay yeah gotcha. <laughs> yeah so I, I was trying to think about weapons this year 
And there are a lot of different weapons that you use uh, throughout the games. But like, for example, Borderlands 3 or Outer Worlds or Apex, like there are good weapons there. But I mean, to me, guns don't really speak to me unless they're very unique. So none of the guns from that game spoke to me. Fire Emblem, there are some good weapons in there. But because uh, they wear down over time, it isn't something – none of those weapons I felt particularly connected with. So I was trying to think about all the different games. And the one that stood out to me was Control the most because um, I don't know what other people think and I, I don't really care what other people think. I think the combat and Control is awesome. I love the combat Thank and control. You. I do too, and, yeah. And I think a lot of the reason why I enjoy the combat and control is not so much the gunplay, but the abilities that you can use. The fact that you can switch between different guns and they have different abilities and you can use, you know, floating in a unique way, which sounds kind of funny, but you can That's use floating sure. in a u- unique way. You can throw items in a unique way. Um, you can get special abilities that allow you to pick up enemies. Now, this isn't particularly, you know, unique, it, like in general to video gaming. But this year, I think it was the most unique experience and or the one that stood out the most, I should probably say. I enjoyed it the most. I enjoyed floating around, throwing things at enemies, throwing their grenades back at them while shooting them at the same time. It just it was frenetic and it was fun. And I could also be more stealthy if I wanted to be. Um, it, it Her abilities allowed for variability in the way you played the games. And I enjoyed it a ton. So Jesse's mind control, or not mind, her mind powers uh, are, is my favorite, is our, th- her powers are my favorite weapon <laughs> of this year. Sorry, grammar. That is, that is funny. For the record, we don't discuss these beforehand, so that was purely coincidental. Yeah. Um, All right, Josh, I see you snickering over there. Lay it on me. What's your dagger tooth no, for like, favorite not, weapon? That was the runner-up on my list. I had oh, it. It was so up there close. as well. Like, like, yeah, the, the combat in that game works because of just the movement she's got and all that. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's really good, really good. It didn't win though. It uh, it didn't win this year. The uh, hmm. the uh, the weapon that did it just absolutely the best for me this year were grenade. gorilla fists. <laughs> gorilla <laughs> fists. Oh, yes, that was that was a very pummeling. close. Second. Very, very close second. Is that is that an pummeling? Pummeling that I'm not people. Aware of? The gorilla fist, huh? Okay. Yes tossing them out of windows and holding them hostage and yes yeah the the combat and ape out is just so satisfying and you just you you feel just like just really really murderous and empowered i'm worried about you just (laughs) tossing fools across the room a, that monkey does a, throw a lot of people out of a lot of windows. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to steal it, Josh, but yeah, that was a very close second for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I had so much fun playing that game, and a big part of it is just the simplicity in being a monkey and just beating the shit out of everyone. Mm-hmm. Great choice. Oh, yes. 
The gorilla's fist beating people to death. See, there's some clever stuff here. Fish, a lot of clever choices, so I'm hoping that you really dropped the ball here with something unclever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, the Mozambique from Apex Legends. (laughs) (laughs) No fucking way. Uh, Mozambique. (laughs) Hey, these are Fish's awards. We have to respect them. No, no, there's, there's, if he goes the route I think he's going to go, there's a completely valid argument for this. And I'm waiting to see if he's going to make it. Well, the thing with the Mozambique is like every time you pick it up and you're in like a heated area where you know the enemy's going to be rushing towards you, like, and that's the one thing you have to use, like, you know, your good is fucking dead. So, like, it just, it just feels so bad whenever you're picking up that Mozambique and you're just like, okay, this is, this is, let's see if I can stand a chance against somebody with this thing, you know? And yeah, pretty much. And like, yeah, I just, I love the fact that, you know, me and Shay in Apex Legends would constantly ping it for each other. Um, and it became, you know, kind of a, it, it became a meme pretty much, but, um, yeah. It was yeah. a meme and a good luck symbol for us. Like every time we'd start a match, one of us had to ping the Mozambique because if we didn't ping it, we weren't going to have good luck that match. Mm-hmm. Now, did, did that really work? Not really. But it sounds like a rabbit's <laughs> foot. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's uh, kind of yeah, exactly. It was kind of a rabbit's foot. Although, although as I got older and I stared at that rabbit's foot, I felt really bad for the rabbit. Mm-hmm. Turn into a big softy. Um, so the Mozambique fish, you know, a more straight up choice, but I like it. It's true to you and who you are. So oh, yeah. uh, the dagger tooth for favorite weapon for fish went to the Mozambique. I will say I am sad there was no poop grenades mentioned here from Death Stranding, but the thing for me <laughs> was the implementation of it still just felt like a grenade. Um, you had to just know it was a poop grenade. That was the special part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It would have been great if he could actually like pop a squat, you know, mid battle and actually make it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can urinate, so I don't know why they didn't go the extra mile. Come on, Kojima, just show some balls. Just reach down there and fling it at them, (laughs) like a monkey. (laughs) They did have piss grenades in Borderlands Three. I mean, one of one of my legend, the first legendaries I got in that game was. The grenade was called It's Piss, uh-huh. and it was a piss grenade. So, As far as guns go, Borderlands does have a lot of clever guns. They really do. Um, yeah, like I, when I killed that first boss uh, mouthpiece I on hard, I got this like gun that shot off like disco um, lights. <laughs> and it was, it was like, look, I was shooting a disco ball. It was really cute. Um, all right, so they're in the books. Mozambique for fish. Jesse Faden for me and Shay, and then Josh went with the Gorilla Fist of Ape Out for favorite weapon. Um, and we will discuss the group version of that later on. Moving on to favorite narrative. Ring. All right, so let's change up the order here a little bit. Fish, I'm going to go right back to you, my friend. When you think of favorite narrative this year, you would mm-hmm. hand that dagger tooth to... Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. Oh, good call. You know what's funny? That was also my choice for favorite narrative, you sneaky bastard. Oh. Um, But I'm going to let you talk right now. This is your floor. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's surprising that, you know, 
a I guess a, a tactics game actually has like really good story and like this being my first Fire Emblem I don't know if this is how it's always been in Fire Emblem wait but... was that a shot against Final Fantasy Tactics because I thought the story in that was fucking incredible <laughs> no actually I was uh, last year's uh, Into the Breach uh, Tactics oh that's uh, right it didn't have a story yeah. but it still won your favorite narrative that's <laughs> exactly <laughs> good times um... <laughs> Good times. <laughs> oh, shit. I think, really, the game just has to have squares you move around on, and Fish will give it best narrative. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> um, no, uh, that, that game definitely had... Um, its characters definitely pushed it along. Um, yeah. No, I, I can get mine out of the way now. I don't have to regurgitate it when it's my turn. That was also my choice, Fish. I. Yeah. The biggest thing for me was Fire Emblem normally has terrible stories, and, like, last night I was reading the lore on, on how this game was set up. It's almost like Game of Thrones quality lore, but not not quite. Not quite. It's, it's, it's like, more in the B tier of that. But, like, they put a lot of time and effort into the backstory, and the game starts off with um, Rhea basically just murdering this guy named Nemesis to death on the battlefield. And it's a really brutal th- way to start the game. You're like, oh, my God, like, this is, this is not your, your daddy's Fire Emblem, all right? This is, this is well, I'm the daddy now. So it's my Fire Emblem. Um, this is Daddy's Fire Emblem, in a way. Uh, we all daddies. I'm lost. Uh, anyways, so it was it was a really dark way to start the game, I thought. But you get so attached to your, your uh, class as a professor, all the characters, all the personalities, all the voice acting, and such massive plot twists that I, I know we're not afraid to ruin briefly on this show because that's what this show is all about. Like, uh, depending on the house you chose, Fish, I know you took the Blue Lions, so you had to mm-hmm. find out that Edelgard was betraying the church, right? And I yeah. was Edelgard, so right. I was betraying the church. Yeah, um, that, 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 that whole, like, dichotomy of, like, knowing that you could have picked another class or another um, house and essentially could have seen it from a different way like for me like i was caught off guard i was like holy shit you know edelgard is like the one who's been trying to mount this you know mutiny against the church and everything and um did you think she was the flame emperor did you have any inclination that that's who it was no no no, i wasn't thinking about that at all i thought maybe the flame emperor was just like and you know i'm not too far into like after the time skip but like even after the time skip like i'm so invested in these characters now and i think this time jump actually is like i've never played a game where the time jump is like used in such a way that it in a game where it almost enhances your investment in the characters because now it's five years past and having you know having these characters five years removed from a big event um that essentially you know um it's like a reunion everybody. yeah it's like yeah. going back to a high school reunion or something be like oh man remember all the memories we had um but but better than your shitty high school reunion that you had yeah. <laughs> and then right. drinking heavily right. and getting the fuck out of there yeah yeah i was gonna mm-hmm. say actually reunions kind of suck <laughs> it was nothing like that at all um no that's a good point yeah and then they the way they like with the ball you're like you're you're really having a good relationship with these characters. Like you're going through anything like a, a college student would go through in any ways. And then when after the time skip, it becomes basically like being in a war as opposed to being in a school. 
uh, in a lot of ways. They still kind of follow a similar structure, but it's sort of like um, very intense stakes, you know? Like in Final Fantasy VIII, they were at, a, at an academy, but death was technically something that was at stake. And uh-huh. in this game in particular, because your characters can die. So I was just so blown away by how good the story was, because the Fire Emblem usually has just really bad stories. I don't know how they turn this switch to make Fire Emblem have an interesting story, like all the effort they put into it, uh, the writing, the the plot, cha- you know, like all the plot twists got me uh, in in really powerful ways that I did not expect. Um, it, it's just really impressive. Like, and, and everyone's going to have a little different, right? Everyone's path is going to be different. Like, I know three of yeah. us took Black Eagles and you took the Blue Lions, but there's like so many chump. different... Ver- <laughs> <laughs> You'll regret that decision. I'm just kidding. But uh, it's just, yeah, it was it was surprising, um, for sure. Epic. It was basically, you know, Game of Thrones meets Harry Potter, and it was kind of a dream come true. Like, that sounds like the stupid box quote you'd see, but it really was, for me, an incredible thing. It was tough because, um, sorry, I, I lost my notes here. I had something important to say. I'll go ahead, Fish. Uh, save me real quick. <laughs> Yeah, it uh yeah, definitely I I enjoyed, you know, building the building your bonds with these characters, uh getting to know them a little bit better, seeing how they interact with each other, like they take the time to actually create these bonds between each of your classmates um and you as a professor kind of like have to like hover over them with your wings and like not necessarily like shepherd them along, but like they look to you as like, you know, this this person who's there to kind of guide them on the battlefield because you're like some sort of mercenary, but your past mm. is kind of shadowy and it's part of the storyline. But um, it, almost it's comically just, so, like you're a great professor. Yes. We love you. Everything you right, do, I, right. I drink your piss and say it tastes like water. <laughs> yeah, there. It's 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 got some cheesy moments. I mean, objectively, even does, though I yeah. love it. It's it's got some cheesy anime in there for sure. It's just the big the main story beats. I thought it worked really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rhea, like, so digging into that stuff, like, even little thing, like, when she sings her, her song and her... Fl- I mean, I don't know. Rhea was never a big character for me because of the route I took. She had, like, when I found out Rhea turned into a fucking dragon and she was, like, a, basically a bad guy, like, that blew my fucking... Did she turn into a dragon in your game, too, Fish? Yeah. She yeah, turned like into the, a dragon, and... Like, um, I, my professor saves her, though. Uh, I don't know if he, he saves her... From like he saves her from a beast in a cutscene. I'm not sure if that happens in the Edelgard. Um, mm, it's route. been a while. I'm trying to remember. Um, well, yeah. He, well, she turns into the dragon. And she yeah. starts attacking. Um, uh, she very mad. Yeah, she's very mad, and <laughs> like she uh, eventually, like these uh, beasts start popping up on the battlefield, and they start um, attacking her. And uh, you, you're the professor. Your, your character essentially has to fight for one of them. Um, oh, okay, okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah, because it's a little different. Did you kill Edelgard, or you tried to kill her, and then she ran away? Uh, or yeah, she was on the battlefield, uh, but you don't kill her now. Okay, I didn't think so. She has to kind of become your mortal enemy. Um, just doing some research last night about this, I was finding out how different all the paths are, including the fact that if you, the Golden Deer playthrough has dubstep at the end of it, which is deeply fascinating. We could talk about that later. There's real <laughs> dubstep in this game. That's not a joke. Oh. Um, yeah, it's, 
and it's it's really special what they did. I was torn because the only reason I didn't give it to Death Stranding is I actually thought of a really good philosophical question for you guys. Um, <laughs> because uh, I didn't find necessarily the the narrative in Death Stranding as satisfying, um, which is why, and quite frankly, I'm still <laughs> dough step. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, so the interesting thing about the Death Stranding narrative that I that I felt is powerful to say is that I'm conflicted about games that keep you wanting to see what's going to happen next, even if you're not really happy with what happens next. Like, uh, like sort of like a topic of the show, like being deeply engrossed to you. Like I had to know what was going to happen, but I wasn't always satisfied with the events that happened. I was just deeply fascinated with what might happen eventually. Um, and I think that's why I ended up no game pulled me along more than death stranding, but it also left me the most confused and scratching my head, um, at the end of the day. So that's why I wanted to give the award to fire emblem on my end. Um, which, mm-hmm. which is kind of a tough philosophical thing to, to break down. Shay's dancing over there. What's going on? What is this? He's so goddamn perky today. I'm surprised Shay didn't have, uh, didn't jump in on the fire emblem talk. That was weird. I, um, I wanted, I wanted fish to talk. You didn't. I interrupted him in the last category, so I wanted him to have the full floor here. But yeah, I I agree. The new, excuse me, the new Firest Emblem, that's uh, the best story out of all of the Fire Emblem games, easily. Yeah, for sure. So I could see, I could see uh, that being the case. For me, I'm going to use my tie now. Get it out okay. of the way. Okay. Uh, the first game I want to mention is Katana Zero. Katana Zero had a very, very complex story is the best way I can word that. It was not difficult to follow because it's convoluted, which it it is a little bit convoluted, actually. I have to retract a little bit there. It is a little bit convoluted, but what I like about the story of Katana Zero is the end is ambiguous to some degree, and they don't answer... Uh, this has kind of been the narrative this year of a lot of games is they don't answer all the questions that they pose throughout the story. I think that's really been uh, a trope in gaming in 2019 for a lot of games. And I really enjoyed it in this one because there are a lot of sequences that are kind of left up to interpretation by the player. Uh, it's been a while since I've played this game, so... Uh, forgive my my vague tidings here, but the two the two crazy people that you run into later in the game, and they're the two masked people that that just appear out of nowhere. Those two are never explained in the game, and basically, the player is left to try and decide what their purpose is in the story and how they influence the main character. I really like that. I really like that they left a lot of things ambiguous in that game or they left them not fully explained and allowed people to kind of theorize and develop their own ideas. Because a lot of what was discussed in that game, I think, is relevant to nowadays. Uh, A lot of that, granted, it's kind of uh, sensationalized in this game, but part of what this game was dealing with is war and how it affects people subsequently and i think that's obviously a massive issue in the u.s right now 
uh, not to get on my soapbox too much. Um, so I won't, I won't delve into that, but I like that it had a lot of parallelism to real life issues, but it also was left open enough to have a discussion on that game. Yeah. The other game that I want to discuss is observation, uh, as my other, uh, favorite narrative of this year. I and I think you played observation, the space game. Yeah. I, I, I finished it. Oh, did you, what were you playing on PS4? Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I bought it like oh. right when it came out, actually. And yeah. I, I think I told you guys multiple times that I we played it and this. I was beating. Yeah. yeah. Weird. I'm pretty I sure we had. That. I don't know if we did not full spoilers, but I think we went fairly deep into it. With yeah. We did. We did. Oh. Yeah. Maybe it was we full did. spoilers. So. Um, what I what I really like about this game is that for, at first it starts out with you playing a, a character in a unique role. You are. For anyone who didn't play this game or who hadn't heard of it, uh, just very quick uh, backdrop. You are playing as the ship's AI, uh, and you are a ship in space. And uh, and it's more of like a space station than a ship, I should say, a space station. I apologize. And basically, something is happening on this ship, and you are trying to help... uh, I can't remember her name. I apologize. I should have researched this a little bit better beforehand. The female protagonist, um, you are helping her trying to solve the mystery of what is going on on the ship. There are some kind of supernatural elements going on. And I really liked it because it made for some of the most unique interactions in gaming this year in terms of narrative. Um, There are points where... Mm -hmm. You are you are not sympathizing or empathizing with the character you are playing as because there is no like emotion that is coming from the main character, um, the character you play as. You, the the empathy and emotion that you have is for everything else that's going around on around you and the people or person um, that are involved in the story. And it was it was such a weird, unique experience to have to like play as an AI, not feel necessarily anything towards this character, but you are seeing it through the eyes of an AI. And as a result, you are, it's almost like a third hand story, if that's even a thing, because like, it's always like a second, like it's always a second hand thing when you're experiencing it through another character as you're playing that main character, but you're playing through the AI and that AI is, forgive the, uh, the, the wordplay here, but you are witnessing the story. You are observing the story through the AI's um, comprehension. So you're getting the story through multiple filters, and it was it was interesting in that regard. And what I what I also liked about the story is the same reason that I liked Katana Zero. A lot of things are happening, and when you start figuring things out, and then you get to the end. Again, it is completely left open to interpretation. They don't answer the questions that they pose in that game. And it made for some really interesting commentary between Josh and myself, and it mm-hmm. stuck with me this year. Um, a, a lot of the questions that that game had asked that weren't fully answered. And so that's why these two games were my my favorite narratives of this year, is they both left the player with questions to discuss um, it wasn't a just okay. This is the beginning. This is the end. Which 
I can appreciate like Fire Emblem Morgan and um, I and Fish and even Josh had some really interesting discussion on that story because it is a solid story and it's the best story a Fire Emblem game has ever had. But there's a beginning and an end and it's given to you. I like that. For me, as I've gotten older, I've started clinging to stories or uh, media that is more left open to my interpretation. Um, I've really enjoyed that, whether it's my the music I listen to or movies I watch or games I play. And so I think that uh, these are the two best narratives in gaming this year, in my opinion. Interesting. Yeah, I wish you guys had mentioned that to me. Like I, Well, it's not that big of a deal, but I, I remember I was uh, – I talked to Josh a couple weeks ago, and I was like, if there's – Give me some games you want to play. I was like, give me two games. Um, and I didn't even know Observation was that, that high of a list for you. Otherwise, I would have definitely played it. So, um, I mean, just play, just play it. You guys it. are too uh, secretive. <laughs> well, just play it next year. Just play it at the beginning of next year when we have downtime. I mean, we have two months. It's it's not yeah. a long game. It's eight hours. It's a, it's a brilliant game. It's absolutely worth going back in January or February and just crushing it out in like one or two days. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've heard good things, and it looks like it's up my alley. I just had no idea that you were as, as high on it as you were until literally this moment. It's well, interesting. To, to be honest, to be honest with you, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straightforward with you. When I was compiling my list, like I was I was compiling it, and I was taking things off or ta- taking things off and putting them on, and then I was like, um, because I've been thinking about this game all year, and then when it came down to actually making my list. This shit always happens to me. I was like, I'm forgetting something. I'm forgetting something. I'm forgetting something. Um, and it took me up until like two days ago to remember th- th- uh, this game because I hadn't thought about it for the past few weeks. Because like when I get pressured into doing something, like whether it's like an exam or something like that, I just forget shit and I just freeze up. And so when it came to this game, I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that this game uh, this game came out this year. And then I was like, this has definitely got to go on the narrative list. And at that point, two days ago, I don't know if you would have had time. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, Katana, I wish like Katana Zero in a ways is a lot like Death Stranding for me because they're both really convoluted. I wish Death Stranding did that left it a little more open ended because you're going to get every possible question you have answered by the end of that game. Uh, and I wish that there was more mis- I actually wish there was more mystery to it. But to me, I look at those games. They're kind of similar. They're just really just convoluted and weird and kind of confusing. And you might need to look up a wiki, and then you probably still won't know what the fuck's going on. Um, okay, so that was your tie, uh, Katana Zero and Observation. Uh, Josh, favorite narrative Daggertooth, what you got for me? This was a tough, tough one to cut down. We've had a lot of great stories this year. You guys have all mentioned... Amazing ones. Fire Emblem is this is is one of the best Fire Emblem stories. Just it's great, like absolutely great job they did with this, with the the story itself, and then with all the characterization of mm-hmm. of such a large cast, making them all feel that unique. It was just outstanding. Um, yeah, I actually for similar reasons like the story in, in Sekiro for for the whole open endedness sort of a thing. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, but. Uh, the one that really, I think, well, this is, there's a little asterisk here because I'm not very far into Disco Elysium because I've been playing that on stream. And so I'm not as far into that game as I want. And what I've played so far has been just outstanding. So asterisk that I've not played enough of that to put it on my list. 
So yeah, same here. Same um, here. Yeah, I think that could take it, but you know, it just, seems like it's yeah, it seems worthy. But but I, I don't feel like I played enough to to be comfortable bumping something off else off the list whenever the competition is as tight as it is. Uh, but yeah. the game that has just spoken to me the most this year has been Knights and Bikes. Wow, that's that's such a Josh pick for narrative. Yeah, I played that. This uh, this was a tough one though. Like there have been so many great stories. Like so a lot of years, you just kind of get you know a halfway decent story along with you know an interesting game or something. So many of the stories have stuck out as much or more than the game they're attached to um, through this year. But the story of Knights and Bikes, where you're you're, you're you know you're playing as these these two kids, um, you know trying to trying to save their home and uh, and you know be able to kind of you know going through this small irish town um you know trying to mm-hmm. tr- um a trying to save um melzi's home demelza is like the kind of the there there are two two characters but she's the one that kind of really has the uh the weight of the story put on her and she's trying to save her trailer park so her you know yeah. she and her dad doesn't don't have to move the out a little redheaded girl yeah yeah the, the redheaded yeah. girl and uh also while doing this she's kind of um coming to terms with the loss of her mom which you were you were mentioning mm-hmm. that um a little while back show. when you were telling yeah wh- where you were in the story so far um i mean spoilers how how deep we already went kind of far on so so losses and she dies. Yes, they. That's oh, the okay. thing about it. Like at the beginning, it takes a long time before she like actually opens up, and you finally understand that her there wasn't a falling out. There wasn't like oh the 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 marriage didn't work. Like they, but both Demelza and her dad are still so shaken by it that they just they they talk around it like through the whole game, and it takes through the whole game before they're, you know, like actually open with each other uh, and talking about it in, you know, like just literal terms, like, like what happened? What did we lose? Yeah. Um, And they, they tell that in such an, excuse me, such an interesting way Um, because like, again, like the whole conceit of this game is that, you know, it's these two kids, you know, riding around on their bikes, pretending to be, uh, you know, fighting dragons and monsters and finding, some you know wonderful treasure left behind by basically being a kid yeah just being being a kid um but it turns out her mom was all uh was also it's hard to tell because again she's a kid either either was really involved with like the tourism part of the town and so you know hyped that up a bunch it's not sure if it was that or if she was like actually a historian or something because like again you're getting this from a kid's perspective but yeah. obviously the, the story that you're kind of going back and and experiencing is like it, it's kind of your way to reconnect and and not reconnect because you know your mom is gone but but try to feel close enough there to finally be able to you know move on it, it's kind of weirdly surreal how they use stuff like it's not a surrealism kind of game but like it they you almost feel it from a kid's perspective because like for example when you go through that golf course there used to be like a giant like wooden picture of her mom and her dad mm-hmm. and the mom had been like ripped off and basically she had taken it down to this like area 
hidden away where she would could go see it whenever she wanted to because I yeah. guess when the dad got really upset after the whatever happened and took that part of it off. Um, so like it seems weird to see like a giant wooden um, representation of a family member, but that's sort of like how they're trying to mm-hmm. tell the story through the eyes of children. So there's some weird stuff kind of going on there as well. Yeah, uh, at least through the stuff that I played. Um, mm-hmm. And but like, why do you think that spoke to you the most? Just the the storytelling in it was just outstanding. The way they were able to get across who each of these characters were and and how they were. Uh, how they were growing from the beginning of the story to the end. Like a lot of stories in games, you don't really get an awful lot of character growth. You're kind of, you get more power ups, like that's it. And in and, and this one, yeah. you, it feels like through the game, you're getting more of an understanding of the different characters as they kind of learn, you know, new things about themselves as, as well. Um, it's just, it, it was, it was done so, so well. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Knights of Bikes. If you haven't heard of that game, that's one of Josh's uh, indie darlings there, and you're going to probably hear a couple, at least a couple games will come up on his list mm-hmm. um, that will that'll be sort of like that. And Josh, I'll throw it. Uh, actually, we'll do you second here. Let's go right back to Shay here. I'm just kind of keep the order fresh. Right. Um, let's do favorite moment, and then I'm going to go to you, Josh. Favorite moment of the year, if we get our dagger tooth in hand, shining, glistening. Uh, moment is a big one. What do you got, Shay? Yeah, my favorite moment of 2019 was entering the Glimwood Tangle in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) You're messing with me. No, I'm not. Definitely not. (laughs) No, I'm dead serious, man. Um, It's – I like that because for a Pokemon game, we've talked about throughout the years, not just us, but people uh, who are fans of the series – have talked about wanting a Pokemon game to look good. Not that they haven't looked good, but it's taken them so long, I think, to look close to how we've imagined since children yeah. how they should look. And so when we when we were playing Pokemon earlier this year and uh, last month even, we were talking about one of the the really good parts about this game was the quality of the routes and the scenery and how it all looked. And for me, the reason why I chose the Glimwood Tangle as my favorite moment is because I remember when I was playing it and you get out of that cave and you're getting ready to go to Bal and Leah to Mm. the uh, fairy gym. I remember, you know, was it the, yeah it was the fairy gem uh i remember sh- stepping into that area and it's dark but these mushrooms are glowing and you you touch them to illuminate the area it was just it was such a beautiful uh m- moment physically in the game it it just was like wow they actually like put a lot of time and effort into the visuals in a pokemon game and it was mm-hmm. clear before it was clear up to that point but like that for me was like Oh my god, this is what I've always wanted in a Pokemon game. And I, I you know, I've loved Pokemon games uh since I was eight, nine years old, and this is what I've always wanted out of a Pokemon game. And finally, finally this is uh this is what what we're getting. And it was just it was such a I- impactful 
moment for me just because you know i've wanted that since childhood i've wanted a, a pokemon game to look as breathtaking as i've always imagined it so that was the moment for me that like solidified okay pokemon games finally fucking look good and uh yeah, yeah. that's why it was my moment of the year that's cool yeah i specifically remember you talking about that yeah, part too, whenever yeah. uh you were first playing through it so yeah that yeah. That's a good one. I had no idea though. You you knocked me off my socks. Like my socks are off right now. I've been knocked off. Fish. You better grab don't... those before fish. <laughs> oh. <Yeah. sighs> you see, use the term when people use the term "knock my socks off" around you, fish. Do you get an erection? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I start looking for those socks. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna miss all those cum sock jokes. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, yeah. So, all right. Very. Uh, so, Pokemon. Uh, I'm keeping track of all these right now. By the way, I have been. I have a big notebook, and I've been writing everything down. Josh, I'll go back to you. Best moment of 2019, or sorry, favorite moment. Favorite moment. Don't let yes. me. If you guys want <clears throat> to say best, you need to slap me across the face. Yeah. No, I, I make sure. Yeah. So we uh, keep that under control. Um. <laughs> it's. A, it's. A, yeah. Please. Do. <laughs> um, my favorite moment this year was actually. I had a few on there, and then I, I realized that they were all ends of games because we've had some games that actually end well this year, which, as as you know, was one of my biggest pet peeves that so many games start out, out with all the promise in the world and then completely fall apart by the time you get to the end. Um, and then, yeah, I was just noticing that, that, you know, <laughs> when I was going through there, just an observation that we had a lot of games with really yeah, good yeah. endings this year. So it, that was, It's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, but the the one that uh, that is you just kind of was so special to me that I loved because you could see it coming from the beginning, but it was still done well. Is actually Pat's birthday party in Later Alligator, which is <laughs> the the end the end of that game because in that game you are uh, a a stranger who has been hired by Pat to find out who who in the family. Because he's a part of a big family of alligators in Alligator, New York City, um, is is trying to bump him off. He's uh, he's convinced someone someone wants Ooh, to murder him. him. Off. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, like a mob thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah, he doesn't know who he's offended in the family, <sighs> but he needs you to find game. out because he knows that they're planning something. He knows that there, yeah, that there's an event. He's he's heard rumblings in the family that there's a big event. And uh, no one will tell him about it. And it's because it's his surprise birthday party that they're all planning uh, together. But he's uh, sneaky. He's, yes, he's convinced that someone wants to kill him. Paranoia. Yeah, and you get so to the basically end it's and, the plot to uh, the Irishman. That's what you're saying. Kind of. Yeah, but but yeah. Anyway, he's <laughs> you get there and all his friends and family are there to wish him happy birthday. Uh, which is something you probably saw coming from the beginning if mm-hmm. you were paying attention. Um, Which we weren't. But, but there's also a, if you do like all the puzzles and meet his entire family to rule out everybody by the end there, there's also mm-hmm. a, uh, um, like an addendum, sort of a, uh, a post-log, uh, scene there where uh he's out having finally relaxed and calmed down after his wonderful birthday party and he's just kind of looking out at the stars on the balcony and someone sneaks up behind him 
pushes him over the balcony railing because there really was a hitman hired to, to kill Pat this whole time. Oh my god. And it was you. You were you were the hitman hired. Oh shit. That's a good twist. That's a it's dark it's twist. it's not only a good twist. It's not the only twist. You you as the player shortly after pushing him off the balcony also catch him because he hired you to find out who in his family was you know, trying to kill oh, him. God. So you, you go to push him off Are the balcony. Are you sure this isn't a Kojima game? What's no, no, going no, on here? It's, yeah, anyway. anyway. <laughs> wow. You push him off the balcony. Then Before say, you told the second part, that was almost heavy rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, right? It's a David Cage game, yeah. but uh, adventure style. But uh, anyway, you, you push him well, off the balcony, then save him, because, of course, you, you've grown yeah, attached yeah. to him after all this time. <laughs> and it turns out the person who is trying to kill Pat... Is Pat? He uh, he saw an. There's another twist. No, he saw an advertisement in a paper for a hitman services and didn't realize what it was actually for, and called in and uh, his own hit. Yes, he called in his own hit to you. Oh <laughs> Under God. the impression that he was <laughs> was helping somebody else out. So and, everyone uh, in this game is a fucking idiot is what I surmise yes. here because because yes. the guy the hitman didn't realize it was no, the same No, no, you know the whole time but you know you're getting paid oh. for the other job which is the thing about it like you well, know what, but What was it about the hitman that he thought was like a, a service like how did he misconstrue the hitman to think it was a service instead of He'd like spilled uh, something over like half of the uh oh, the advertisement okay, so or something it, and it said that uh Kind of and like, like it, you know, it, like it, it was okay. one of those things where, like, you know, it's missing half the words, and it looks like, oh, you know, this, you know, this group needs a help, and if you're willing to give a description and um, say when you're able to help, and like, so, so, so he thinks he's volunteering to to help but these other people silly. out, and ends up giving his own description to this hitman. Um, That's pretty great. Yeah, but anyway, it's yeah, it was so good. <laughs> it was so good, and it in. Again, uh, this is this one had some of just excellent characterization, really great story throughout, really great writing, and also uh, the animation is like some of the best this year. So all these characters just feel really alive, really unique, um, just yeah, 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 really special. So yeah, the end of that cool. game is amazing. I I, I heard somebody uh, fighting for the later alligator music in a podcast I was listening to earlier today. It's good. Um, it was interesting. It really mm-hmm. was. Uh, <laughs> later alligator. Best moment. of the, I'm glad you just explained it because now that you've explained it, there's, it, if I feel a lot better about it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Okay. I'm switching up the order. I have me next. Um, so mine is a tie between control and uh, death stranding. So it's my first death stranding sighting. So I haven't, believe it or not, death stranding only has like three ish awards. I think on here, I tried to spread it around as much as possible. Uh, unless we could start our fight from last year, Josh could have won everything, but I just, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, so the, the, I told you guys about this earlier this year, the, the scene from control where you go into the ashtray maze was something that still stuck with me to this day, because the cool thing about control is you, you basically get these little 
teases of the art direction in the oldest house, like a corridor here or there, or like the room with the light switch, the hotel. Like you get all these like glimpses of it, right? And the art direction in that game is incredibly striking. But like when you get to that sequence, like the moment itself, you have this weird janitor that you've been talking to the whole game, and then you they give you his um his uh, CD player. I guess it's a tape player. I don't remember what the fuck it is. It's a walk. What is it? A Walkman or something? iPod? I don't even remember. It's probably a legally his... distinct Walkman. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I remember all I remember less so the Walkman, more the headphones. But even though I just played it yesterday, <laughs> but um yeah, because like, I was I was trying to imagine it him. I was trying to imagine him having, like, a tape deck, and it just seemed weird. But anyways, um, the only way you can navigate the maze, because I tried to navigate it earlier in the game, is to wear his headphones. So there's kind of a hidden joke there about the music he listens to. But really, the big thing is, as you walk into this ashtray maze and the music starts playing, I sent a video of this to Fish today because I knew he had never seen it. You, It's like the little tastes of art direction in that game that they've given you, and they just blow it out for, like, seven minutes straight. It's crazy. Um, like all the doors, it's, it's, this is a metaphor I use. It's like the ending of being John Malkovich, but with doors and buildings and shit. Like it's fucking like coming in and out of each other. Like you go in one door and all of a sudden you're upside down in another room and you're like floating and levitating and you're fighting enemies while you do it. And this music starts playing. It's kind of like a, like a prog rog kind of a song from the old gods of Asgard. And, um, it is just like. Fucking that whole scene just stuck with me so hard. I actually was like trembling a little bit when I was playing it. It was, it, it was really incredible. It was like, oh, you you know the art direction in this game? They're being a little taste of the whole time. Here's a fucking meal. Um, yeah, yeah, mm. I will agree with that. I I won't say much about it. Um, I really like the kaleidoscopy feel of that whole sequence because I mean, throughout the game, I think that's a that's a big uh, visual. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A recurring theme or a recurring motif, I guess. Yeah. Uh, within the game, like when there are parts where it shows like the 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 full action videos, and then it'll show like this red simmering liquid, and it looks kaleidos- kaleidoscopy, yeah, or the way some yeah, of the yeah. the architecture is arranged yeah. when the hiss are nearby. It's kind of kaleidoscopy. So when you get to that point in the game, it just like comes to a head and it's awesome actually because i was playing it this morning and i was a little loopy because i was i was like fuck i need to get to sleep the part that threw me off is like when you enter a room and there's like 30 dudes that spawn in there and you're like oh shit and then all the doors start closing on them and you're like wait wait who the fuck do i kill yeah yeah and then you just got to keep going forward yeah it was it was a really cool sequence it was very 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 impressive Yeah, yeah that was that was probably one of my favorite parts of the game as well. Yeah, I've never, I just had never seen anything like that really in a game before, and it really stuck with me. And the the, the music was just the the icing on the cake. I know Josh was giving me shit at the end of uh, earlier in the year. He's like, "Oh, your favorite moment of the year is that the janitor listens to metal." I'm like, "Well, no, not really. That was just sort of like a nice layer to the like a metal layer to the humor." I had to give um, you as much crap as possible because you hype things up so much. Oh, God. So, so Dude, much. Dude, people hype that, that yeah. ashtray maze up for me, but it totally delivered for me. I was, I mean, I can't hype that thing, but I was shaking. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a tie with me. There's a So this is a very minor spoiler, so uh, heads up if you haven't got the Chapter 4 in Death Stranding. But it is pretty minor. Um, it was just the first time... 
like the game like weirdly be, it's it's give or take so there's some bad here too as well um or let's put it there's some head scratching stuff so I, I was wanting really badly for fish to get to chapter four before this podcast and i'm glad he did because he actually got past that he can now tell you who mama is i don't want you to tell anybody on the podcast yet uh, but he can now tell you why they call her mama <laughs> uh, that's right we had a conversation about that last night it was pretty funny but basically when you get to chapter four you get whisked away into this chiral whirlwind it's not a dream sequence it's just sort of like uh like a, a nightmare beach in the game there are these beaches that you go to it's like almost like a purgatory sort of a place and there's this one beach that is like a nightmare um and it's the beach of the mads mickelson character clifford unger and I was just like, what the hell is happening? And you see him just these weird, like demonic skeleton soldiers kind of trudging through this mud. It looks like World War One. And then you see this Mads Mikkelsen character like rise up out of this mud uh, with a big scar on his chest and he's naked. And he has these weird like tubes coming out of him, like almost like an octopus or something in typical Kojima fashion. And he kind of points to these soldiers to go shoot. And then your character, Norman Reedus, Reedus, Norman Reedus. Um, he should be on the weed, wakes up and he's just looking around still with all those goofy ass packages on his back, at least in my case. And he wakes up and he looks like he's in fucking world war one, except there's like tanks with like squid parts dripping off of them and like dead whales everywhere. And it's just like fucking nightmarish shit going on. And suddenly you have to just start shooting. Now, to be fair, up until that point, you could have shot people in the game with, um, like the rubber bullets and stuff and some of the other guns or like the bullet gun. So it's like, you know how to shoot but like suddenly for 30 minutes the chapter is only like 30 minutes long it is a like intense third person shooter where you're shooting these like demon people and trying to shoot mads mickelson and he's yelling at you where's my baby baby where's my it is like and the visuals some of the most breathtaking stuff i've ever seen now the downside to it was that it kind of just was a shooter at that point which was kind of weird to play that game and have it suddenly become a shooter at that point um, although interesting was just kind of like, okay, it's just sort of a shooter. And it was a weird shooter because you're like running around eating bugs, wearing your blood bag. Still, You still have all the shit stacked on your back. It was just like a very, like most things in this game, it was like breathtaking, but also kind of like head scratching. It was just, fa- I was fascinated by all of it, but like, and I enjoyed it very much. So it was just be- for the artistry of it all. Mostly it was very breathtaking. Um, so, and there's two other sequences like that without ruining it. There's two other chapters that are like that and they get better and better. But the first one I always remember because I was just so floored by how weird it was. Um, so yeah, so my best moment would be a tie between the, the appearance of cliff, um, in chapter four and the sequence in control. Um, and there you have it. And that's, and just the artistry is just in fucking sane in both of those sequences. Um, fish, what do you have for your best moment of the year, my friend? Um, I felt like this moment's been building up over the years since Battle Royale came out, um, as a thing with player unknowns and, you know, Fortnite. I mean, we, we did get that win with Fortnite as, you know, we went out on top essentially, but in Apex, with with you know um our good friend hakuna matata i i became a champion and it 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 felt great to actually play you know a game that i actually enjoy like um 
not anything against you know player unknowns or Fortnite. like i had fun with them but like it just wasn't the shooting uh was just wasn't my jam in those games and like apex really nailed the shooting down in that video game for me and i really enjoyed that game as a battle royale type of game um the fact that it's you know um squad base a, a, a three-man team and you're going around this big old um, uh, map. Um, yeah, get it, actually getting a champion uh, win on there um, was definitely my favorite moment this year. Hmm. So a victory, a victory royale, if you will. Um, yeah. You're, you're called a... <laughs> I guess, yes. That, that, they're that's... not chicken dinners anymore, are they? They're well, Victory Victory Royale not... is uh, Fortnite. Yeah, it's not Apex. Yeah. Uh, Become champions. Yes. Cha- yes. You are champion, and then you yes. get to see yourself in the next match, right? Up on all the walls and shit. Right. Yes. yes. Which yeah, is cool. that was, dude. That was a really cool sequence. I can see why you put it on there as your favorite moment of the year. Uh, for a little bit of context, uh, because you know, obviously, there's no way people can know this, but like. Uh, it was me, Hakuna, and Fish, and um, it was, we were down to two teams, and Hakuna went down, I went down, no, sorry, I went down, they had to go revive me, they had to go into the storm to revive me, I had just the most basic guns possible, and then we went just straight head-to-head against this other team, and um fish some like i i pretty much got gunned down almost instantly i almost gunned someone down but fish just fucking pulled out the win at the last second just magical it's so magical how it worked i actually i think it was uh hakuna who pulled out the win uh, it, it was it, because we revived him i think as well and yes. i remember he had like a shit gun but he was just he somehow just like and the uh, uh, hakuna like bless his heart but oh my gosh like (laughs) you could tell like sometimes like when it gets like real like when the firefight just gets real real like he starts to like you know sputter around on the battlefield and but like for some reason like he was he just had laser focus and like i was like spinning my camera around just to see him because i was down and that's right okay that's right that's right that's right he he actually finished off the fight and i was just like wow that it, it was just fucking amazing to me to see him like pull out a win for us even though you know he so your favorite part, moment like, of the year was watching somebody else win for you i got you uh well we won as a <laughs> team like <laughs> they get so hurt by it they're like wait hold on uh yeah, I'm just that was my favorite you. moment watching it, it yeah it yeah made, working as a team like to do something uh, awesome like that yeah because we had been playing for a little while and like we had we'd gotten close a few times to getting a win together but we had never solidified an actual win in that game until that moment. Yeah, that's cool. All right, Fish, favorite moment, Apex Legends. Fish had a rough year, so it made him feel like a champion, if for a brief moment he was a that, champion. That was early on in the year, too, so. Yeah, it was. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> exactly. No you guys should have played more Apex Legends with me. Um, I, dude. <laughs> I know, I know. Still waiting for him to make it cross-play. Can't Still believe that it, hasn't happened yet. Oh, I know. to make it good. All right, let's see here. Uh, I'm just oh, kidding. is that Death Stranding you're talking about? 
yeah, for you know, forgive me for having a little fun with those free <clears throat> battle royale games. I'm just kidding. Uh, I know there's a lot of love for Apex out there, so uh, I have to eat it. Um, all right, so the, this is kind of a fun, fun category. Uh, let's see here. Let's do a fun one. Uh, favorite, well, and then we'll do best music. So let's do a little light one that's a little quicker, but kind of fun. Favorite hair. This is kind of a joke category we started years ago with Link's hair. I think Fish actually made it up, so it's only fitting. Um, I want to say that we would do it again. I want to say Fish was joking around, like, great hair. It's It's been a long time, so. Well, it's hair, haircut. I mean, whatever the fuck you want to do with it. I Okay. It's, I think I, I, was, I think I was just talking about Link's hair and Breath of the Wild and how much I enjoyed, I mean, you know, how it changed up whenever you put on different uh, clothes and everything so yes yeah and, and look yeah. if you have great hair you had a great hair cut but it could be an act like our joke winner for the first year we did this was bj blaskowitz getting his head chopped mm-hmm. off um yeah. that barber is not getting a tip i can tell you that um tough crowd tonight all right so uh let's see here best hair <laughs> fish or haircut what do you got well, and I had to go with it, uh, Headhunter from Katana Zero, which is the last boss. Oh, wait, what? I'm confused. Tell me more. Uh, well, you actually cut off their head and oh, you pick okay. it up. So, yeah. so you're just, like, basically rehashing the same joke. You are. Yeah. Who do you think we are? <laughs> the guy who says that's what she said and makes a telephone noise every single podcast yeah. hmm. is accusing Fish of reusing a joke. Goddamn right. Hypocrisy is a beautiful thing. Um, all right. Our nation of hypocrisy. You should have done the ape from Sekiro that gets its fucking head chopped well, Before off, we move on, the guardian ape. Has, has, oh, he has, he has the one. best haircut this year. <laughs> that is yeah. true. That is a good one. Yep. Uh, well, I'm offended though because like I feel like Fire Emblem <laughs> is like the whole the the entire point of the time skip is to see everyone with cute new haircuts. Um, <clears throat> so that was mine. We're far the more. The point juvenile. of the time skip is to further the narrative. I'll eat my ass. But I'm for like... you, <laughs> to be creepy. But like the the best way for them to represent their visual change is changing the haircut because all you get is little pictures of their faces. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's actually that's a really good point. Like if we were treating this category as like something serious, that would be probably the best <laughs> to choose. Uh, like a ca- uh candidate for that, actually. I mean, we're just throwing them out there. Okay, I like the Guardian Eight though. That's a, I just thought of that on the fly. That is funny. Yep, no, that was mine. <laughs> is his sword? It's stuck in his head already, and then you jump up to kill him. You just rip his head off, right? Mm-hmm. Spoilers: He fights you without a head for the next part of the battle. Um, oh yeah. I that is the coolest boss to watch. I never got to it in the game because I Sekiro hates me and I hate it. But I oh, I tried so, so fucking hard. You were like to get duh, two minutes I, before it. Duh. Yeah, but there's a guy with like three phases before that, and I didn't want to talk about him. Ah. Uh, and he was last phase has like lightning, and he's two phases beforehand, and I, I just ugh, that game hates me. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried so hard to get that goddamn ape too, but they just kept being like, "No, Morgan, no." Uh-huh. That's a good one. So really, the theme is everyone's chopping heads off. Is that yours too, Shade? You got somebody with their head getting chopped off? Nope, nope. I went a different direction this year. So I chose Caesar from Wargroove because he's the bestest boy. Oh, he has God. the shaggiest hair, and I love him. Oh, 
I'm going to have to Google Caesar from War And you just said that I took it too seriously. Here, <laughs> Caesar from War Groove. Bestest boy. Let's see. Oh, it's a dog. It's a fucking. <laughs> it's a dog. <laughs> I thought it was a. I thought it was a. I thought it was a like a like a. I just thought it was a dude with good hair. No. Why would I? What am I five? Well, what am I going to describe a man? <laughs> he, has the be- he has the bestest hair. That's no, a, that's, I went with the dog. That's an interesting one too because the hair is like one of those weird like um, imperial like war hat things with like the red. Feather? What is that? I mean, fur feather. It's, it's, it's not a helmet. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm trying to be honest. It's called a helmet. No, but those are like a. So those helmets helmet. don't have very specific names to them, like the feathery helmets. Um, I don't know to be honest with you. I'm sure there's a specific name, but I was more talking about like not the not the fur on the helmet, but his body is like he's really hairy. Which makes for good cuddles, because he's the bestest boy. Okay. So you really went to a different kind of hair altogether there. Well, hair is hair. Oh, that's a philosophical topic of the show. The first show of the year (laughs) is hair, hair. (laughs) Um, I mean, you have have cilia and flagellum, which is slightly different kind of hair. It's used for different... uh, things as compared to like head hair like cilia and flagellum hair. Are, they are their hair like material man and have you seen to, that's and, and to make it like right? to make it like a succinct discussion we couldn't we couldn't wait until later we had we had to hash this out now <laughs> yeah and to be fair like a lot of a lot of biologists and scientists just for, for shits and gigs we'll just call it hair even though it's not technically hair but this is hair hair like substance used for locomotion in like bacteria and other smaller organisms yeah. i've still been trying to figure out how to flex you know the uh, all those skin muscles that let you get goosebumps i figure if i could work that out in just the right order i could probably do that myself crawl crawl yeah just kind of inch myself along with with just goosebumps kind of you know, that gives me an idea. Okay. Uh, I'm going to steal your idea for something, Josh. Thanks. The I will say I look, I respect the uh the feeling behind the choice though. You're trying to have a playful choice there, mm-hmm. so I can respect that. Um I couldn't find a really fancy name for those helmets other than just Roman centurion helmets, so. That's pretty much what they are. Basically, uh, well, uh, the red plume—that's also the plume. It's just a red plume kind of stick out of the top. Um, yeah, yeah, because those are those are uh, feathers. They they can be made of feathers or uh, uh, synthetic hair, I guess, basically. Yeah. But the feathers, the feathers come from obviously bigger birds, and those are plumes. Yes, so. yeah. It seems cooler to have one with plumes because the ones with just bristles kind of look just like brooms on somebody's head. Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and that's how I felt about the Fire Emblem characters is like, I mean, Liani went right into my, uh, my dating circle as soon as she got that haircut. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, those Fire Emblem characters. I spent oh, like 20 oh, minutes oh, just guys, staring guys, at her. That was totally unintentional virtual hair. Yeah. Um, What's a harem? Hold on. Let me expand my vocabulary here. Uh, hair. N- n- what? Harem. H-A-R-E-M. There's a, there's a 0% chance he spelled that correctly the first shot. 
That's why I said I did. Thank you. Thank you, Shay. I did you. Um, yep. U-M. Are you sure that's it? H-A-R-E-M? A-E. Yeah. The rest you Harem. can figure out. Okay, uh, the separate part of a Muslim household reserved for wives, concubines. Find that one, the next one. Oh, sorry. Oh, God. Um, Context. A group of female a- Context. A group, of, a group of female animals sharing a single mate. There you go. Nice. All right. Um... <laughs> That was the most fuckboy Morgan ever done on the show. <laughs> it really was. Nice. nice. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, God, that's a very poor representation of myself. Um, right? Okay, so. Nice. Good God. <laughs> such, that's such a, like, 90s dude wears my car thing. Nice. Um... It's all right because we're saved by the bell. All right, so let's go ahead and do best music. Um, this is a fun one. I have some samples to play, all right, and a little surprise to go with the samples. One of our favorite categories, as we all love music. In fact, I have a music podcast that has sort of been dormant because nobody will respond to my emails. Um, and that's just the way of the beast. Maybe one day it sort will like become undormant. Tinder profile. Oh, Josh taking a jab. Oh, Jesus. Did you see Fish? He was hurt by that. He expects that from Morgan, sometimes me, but not you, Josh. (laughs) He's only got one week left to do it. He's got to do it now. This is it. This is is a fucking steaming pile of shit right on Fish's chest. God damn. You get a first hand this time, Fish. How's it feel? (laughs) (laughs) No, you're no... (laughs) You're no longer the dumper, you're the dumpy. Um, dumpy, I don't like the sound of that. All right, so, uh, Fish, let's start with you. I'm going to do one choice from each of you and go, like, round robin so we just keep it fresh and exciting. Fish's first choice um, is from a very special game here, and I will, I'm going to play about 45 to 50 seconds of these samples, and then um, you can tell me what the sample is from. So, uh, hope you guys enjoy. As I set everything up here just a little bit so that the sound quality is better. And enjoy. So, Fish, that was Meat Grinder from Katana Zero. Ludowick uh, was someone mm-hmm. that I actually interviewed for my podcast. Was that from Ludowick or was that a track from somebody else? That is uh, Ludowick, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is Ludowick. Meat Grinder, Katana Zero. And why did that make your top three songs of the year? Um, or pretty much, Pretty much that whole soundtrack. 
I thoroughly enjoyed throughout that whole game. Like, it just nailed the feelings, the vibe of that entire game. And, like, that the whole synthwave sound, like, that's something that I've recently got into. And, like, uh, there's been other games that have featured, you know, the tracks like that, which I've also enjoyed, um, like Hotline Miami. But this one was just composed of, like, these bangers uh, uh, throughout each, you know, level that you go through with that you know they they all stuck out to me and like i don't think there's been a game this is going to be embarrassing but like i was actually like like it, it's it's i was i was dry humping the air as i held my switch it was like the most nerdiest fucking thing but i was doing that to the beat of this video game and it just felt so fucking good like the, you didn't you didn't do that to hotline miami you didn't dry hump the air no, no, I didn't. Ooh. I didn't. But this game, I I think it's the the gameplay, like the side scrolling gameplay, like um, the feeling of like each like screen that you go through. Um, just I, I don't know. There there was a, just a good. There was enough difficulty in that game that just made me feel like that music was enough to get me through mm. some of the some some of the parts in that game well i know um, to capture it too because like right when you clear a screen no matter how hard it was you know that screen's done so then when the music's still kicking right. you get that little confidence boost you're like fuck yeah fuck yeah exactly. I said, motherfuckers, yes. like a motherfucker. yeah 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 a lot of motherfuckers there all right fish that's a great selection uh yeah that that ost is i mean it's not necessarily revolutionary if you played something hotline miami or a lot of games now but it's excellent and i had a lot of fun mm-hmm. talking to ludwig about that on in the blood so excellent soundtrack obviously all right uh, great work fish um onward to one of josh's choices here and uh it's going to lead right into one of shay's choices because they have uh they don't have the same song but similar selections um here we go So that was Temple Tip from the Grindstone original game soundtrack by Sam Webster. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know you played Grindstone, Shay. Surprising. <laughs> no. Oh, my I was goodness. playing the soundtrack That's after illegal. the show one day, and he heard it. And he was like, oh, my God, what is this? It is, yeah, it is. It is a excellent soundtrack. I listened to it that one day. Josh recommended I put it on at the gym, and I, I really enjoyed it. I don't have a lot of affinity for the game, so maybe that's kind of why. It, but like the soundtrack was excellent for sure. Yeah, it's superb. It's my favorite yeah. gaming soundtrack of the year, even though I didn't play the game itself. Like, 
Was that yeah. illegal? <laughs> are we allowed to do that? Can yeah, you, we can, are. Can it's not against the rules. Um, it, it is a good, it is a really good soundtrack. And that'll be, a, I, that'll transition right into Shay's song. Because he didn't send me a uh, temple tip. Because right. so. Josh had sent me two I just in case. I sent two in case you picked the same one as me. No, I, I picked a different Josh one. Josh knew, how did you know Shay was going to pick one from that? Because I pay attention to my friends. He's my friend. He pays attention yes. to me. Mm. Josh, I love you. I like there's a little, like there's a little collusion you, going on here. <laughs> what can I do? I can't do anything about collusion. Um, oh, so... This game, for people that don't know, Grindstone is an interesting one, so I'm going to get Georgie right here in a second, Shay. So, yeah, I mean, if you love the game, you're basically going to be in heaven. Like, those those sorts of, like, it's not a match three game, but you know what I mean. Um, it's set up like a very unique kind of style yeah. it's like match a, three. I've mentioned this before, but it's, it's like one of those pathfinding puzzles that uh, we don't really get anymore. It used to be more of like a 2D thing. There used to be a lot of those in, like, uh, actually, we see, saw some of them again here in... Uh, um, Link's Awakening. Whenever they redid that one, but where you're trying to uh, basically walk on every floor, or like every tile on a floor, with the uh, the the change in this one being that uh, the tiles you're walking on are color coded because they're monsters you're fighting through. So, well, why don't we do Josh's? Because um, the song Shay picked, Georgie, is takes him straight to a Spotify. But um, Spotify just plays random songs unless you have premium. So we can just do, and I just checked it out on YouTube, and it's there's um, the J O R J uh, is not easily accessible. Um, um, I think I sent a Bandcamp link, so you should be able to click the album. That's from that's mine. Shay's. That's no, no, that's Shay's. Mine. I'm talking about. You, oh, okay, okay. That's a good idea. Yeah, let's I, do the, the, the link I sent you is on Bandcamp, so you can just click the album from there and then go to the uh, the song. So me and Shay use Spotify like like cretins. Hmm. Um, I don't know what's wrong with us. Why we why we do that? Um, maybe because it's one of those things. I've used Spotify for so this is irrelevant, but I've used Spotify for so long that like I I just I can't imagine listening to music on anything else. I'm I'm broken, you know, I'm hmm. shattered. So, um, but yeah, this so I. I was surprised, as you were as well, that you guys both put this on your list. So we got a lot of love there. All right, so let's get right to it. George. George? That's how you pronounce his name, George. Makes me called George with two J's.
these songs a little chance to breathe because I know we like enjoy listening to music. That actually oh, yeah. reminded me a lot of like the flow of that song. Reminding me like if Persona and like Childish Gambino like made like a song together for some reason. Not at all. No, to me it was like if Sonic, Disaster Piece, and Tyler the Creator all came together to make a song. No, like, just the composer Tyler of Sonic. the Creator with uh, Childish Gambino are on the same page. Ty- it's more of a Tyler beat, but <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to argue hip hop with you. Well, it's probably wise. I mean, nobody knows more about hip hop than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you thug uh, you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm no OG like Shay. Um, it it is it is good music though. It's very enjoyable to listen to. The reason why I like it so much, to be honest, and to say as little as I can i guess is that it reminds me a lot of uh new Jabez or uh, mm-hmm. new Jabez as it's called in the u.s but uh it's a lot of this like trip hop scene in there and actually i made a youtube video a few days ago and i put it up on our sword chomp youtube talking about my top 20 albums of this year and mm-hmm. this album was really high up on my list just because it's like it's super good music to relax to the vibe to um what i love about trip hop and what trip hop is if anyone out there doesn't know what trip hop is it's just like basically pretty much what you listen to just this relaxed um hip-hop beats without any vocals behind it usually usually and it's like based off of like 90s hip-hop beats and whatnot and what i like about it is it just for me i can put it on at any time and it just puts me in a better mood it helps me relax um as a naturally anxious person it's like this type of music is music i can always put on when i'm like having a rough day and it it helps me a ton so this album like especially when josh had like he said he had played it i obviously it's just like it looks like a puzzle game it's from my understanding not just from josh but from other people it's supposed to be a very good and fun puzzle game but it's like when you think of a puzzle game you don't imagine music that Good. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think that's game. and especially that's, like an Apple Arcade game. That that was the bum- bummer I had with it is like I really that sounds like an RPG. Like I want to play an RPG with that music. Why did I, why did they have to make that for a goddamn <laughs> puzzle game? Why are you gonna game? make me think? Well, I don't I don't want to mind thinking, but I don't want to <laughs> think like that. <laughs> I like yeah. different kinds of thinking. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably a shame because there's a lot of people like me that won't get it. But yeah, like every time I hear it, I'm just like really impressed by it. I'm like, wow, it's actually really, really good. Yeah, I actually, uh, funnily enough, I haven't told you guys about this yet. Um, I'm hopefully going to get it finished by this weekend. But I actually, uh, I'm doing something I've never done before, like content creation wise, and it's ba- it's directly related to one of the songs on the uh, the OST, the Grindstone OST. So I'm going to be creating some kind of content this weekend that I've never made anything like it before. And it's because of this album. So I'm really excited. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes me want to go back and listen to it some more in the gym. So I'll have to, I'll have to give it some more, some more plays on my Spotify, on my premium. For sure. But that was, that was my number. That was my number one album, music album choice, uh, video game music album choice this year. Okay, cool. Very cool. Um, I'm sure we turned on a lot of new people to the grindstone music. So there you go. 
Uh, me and Sh- these are a good connected. These next two because me and Fish are, are they're kind of connected in their own way. So this is kind of a weird one. So I guess we'll let Fish explain it afterwards. Um, this is from Fish's top three that he sent me. Go. Fall soundtrack. Um, excellent choice, Fish. One of my favorite songs of the year. I know. Come on, Shay. Have a little respect over there. We're all being polite. I didn't say anything. Yeah, but you look visibly sick. I don't. I don't like Bring Me the Horizon. It's okay. There's still hope for him in his future. Um, well, why'd you send me this? This isn't on the soundtrack, per se. Like, I didn't hear this in the game. Um, but it's um, on the Timefall yeah. soundtrack? It, it is in-game. Like, you can actually play that song. You can, you can go uh, to buildings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. You can go yeah. to the menus and play the music, yeah. So the interesting thing yeah. that people don't know Death Stranding does is the the soundtrack is actually three layers deep. You have, like, your bass soundtrack, then you have, like, all the music from, like, Low Roar and Silent Poets and stuff. And then there was the third soundtrack that um, was sort of like a soundtrack for a movie that you listened to as a kid or something that went along with the movie, inspired by the game. And that music is in the game, too, technically. Um, if in the menus and you can go up to like little, like, I think generators or certain stations in the game and you can actually change the music if you want. So it's sort of like a faint third tier, but it was cool for me and fish. As long as I've known him, we've both been big into our, uh, screamo bring the, me the horizon days. And like when they, we found out they were writing a song for like, uh, a Kojima game district, we were like losing our fucking mind. So, um, for us, it was a very special, I tell you for me, it was a very special moment. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. And and I, they also have like an older song, I think two albums back that uh, talks about Shadow Moses, Shadow which, Moses I believe, yeah. which I believe is a uh, ode to um, Metal Gear as well. Yep, um, that's what they said. Yep. So so like them for them to, for them to actually make another song uh, to complement uh, another Kojima game is very fitting and kind of cool to see. You know, this band is kind of influenced by you know. Um, this uh, uh, game uh, 
director. Well, the crazy thing was reading about him. They were just big fans of his work as they showed out. And then they reached out to him and they wanted that. Could you want him to be a part of the soundtrack? So it was like a, it'd be like if we had an idol growing up and then we got a chance to make music for them. So it was just, just a cool story, but I think the song is really good. I mean, legitimately, as far mm-hmm. as like catchy alternative kind of rock goes, like I would actually think it's one of their better songs. So makes you want to find out what a Ludin is. Um, and if, <laughs> It's a, it, uh, it's a cough drop. It's, it fits very well into my song, and I'll just get it out of the way now, which is one that I really love from the real OEST, if you will, of um, there was an explosion it reminded me a lot of like i always joke like stranger things on acid and i you know they gets annoying because every time there's a synth wave song everyone wants to fucking compare it to stranger things it annoys me too um and i don't mean that i listen to a lot of synth but like the thing i love about ludwig Forsell's soundtrack even more than the licensed music in the game um was that it was just like this really dark synthy stuff that i'm really really into uh, as you can yeah. tell like they I was worried, guys, because they, they teased that in the first trailers for the game, but then Kojima started rolling out all those low-roar trailers with, you know, low-roar, which I think is a fine band. But I was like, well, what happened to this synth stuff I was hearing in those original trailers? So I was happy to hear that that soundtrack um, is still very much there. It's just, you know, used throughout the game, and it's not highlighted per se, which I guess is a little bit of a bummer. But um I think it fits the game incredibly well. I mean, the mood of this game and the tone and everything. Uh, and that there's a moment where they play this music in the second Mads Mikkelsen sequence that I won't ruin, but kind of leading into the sewer and that whole barbed wire sequence that, yeah, it's just right up my alley. You guys heard it. You guys know my yeah. taste in music. It's it's right up there. Um, highly rec- I will say, objectively, the, sound tr- the, the actual soundtrack for the game is a bit sparse. Um, but because mm-hmm. you get the licensed music that like, remember Josh, you said this a couple weeks ago, like, I don't think we've ever seen a game that used licensed music quite like they do in Jeff Stranding, where they kind of highlight it. Like it's a music video while you're walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that third tier of the music, like fish brought up was why it was my choice for my favorite music of the year. It was basically, if I'm being honest, I had kind of a, like a three way tie, but I was looking for the game that used it in the most interesting way. And that's what kind of, I mean, there's just so much music. I mean, even when I would go to the gym, I was listening to that Timefall soundtrack. There's so much music yeah. in this game, and they use it in really unique ways that I've never seen before. So, um, 
I highly recommend finding all the death sound death stranding music um, if you're into some dark moody shit. So that is my number one and also a sample of both of our songs. All right, so here's another one from Josh's list. Um <laughs> this this one really did surprise me. Uh I'm not gonna lie. Um no the last one I'm saving for last, Josh, because we both like this game a lot. Um all right. all right, here we go. I'm just gonna play the music and not give any sort of indication as to what it is or where it's from. Josh's tentacle porn music. Um, that's from River City Girls. Oh, yes. I'm going to need to listen to that album now. Like, oh, yeah. after what you were listening to before the show and that song? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to search for it right uh, now. Yeah. That's they, they made the whole soundtrack have a lot of uh, that whole uh, 90s brawler sensibility, which was yeah. you know, a lot of that was kind of taken from like early UK hip hop and a lot of like the really cool synth stuff that was going on at the time. And mm-hmm. yeah, like the, like that genre, like that genre of game almost kind of made its own genre of music based out of that. Um, and this is just, you know, a continuation of that. And it's, it's such, such a good, uh, the fuck was River City Girls? Why have we ne- we've never talked about that, or nor have I heard about it? What the fuck is it? Like River it, City Ransom? Yes, it is. It's it's a follow up to that series. Like the the only one we really got in the states was River City Ransom, um, but they went on and made like a whole series um, of games based off of that. Um, oh, weird. Yeah, and it's it's, it's yeah, it's from the um, yeah yeah. It, it's good. It's good. But anyway. Um, Way forward, who are the guys who make uh, like the Shantae games and a bunch of other like really, really high quality uh, like retro pixel art type games? Yes, um, kind of approached them and said they wanted to do a spinoff for uh, for that game, and uh, and we got River City Girls, which is just an outstanding uh, like brawler RPG hybrid sort of a thing, and it is yeah, it is good. That music makes me want to play the game. I actually, so I just downloaded it on Spotify and <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I was listening the to the intro while you were talking there for a few minutes. I was like, fuck, this is really good. <laughs> I really want to. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's good. I'm going to have to check it out for sure. 
All right, so let's see here. Uh, so many different ways we can take this. Let's go ahead and play one of Shay's. Even though he pooped all over Fish's Bring Me the Horizon. I guess it's I didn't only... poop all over Fish's Choice. It's not a terrible song. I just don't like the band itself. And I don't I've never been one to be in that industrial metal sound, which that song is very heavily influenced by. So which I know that you and Fish are very much into that sound. So I wasn't poop pooing on his choice. It's not a bad song, just not my taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So here's a controversial pick. level that was a whole level of eight bow um okay shay eight bow yes sir yeah so i mean it's there isn't a discernible soundtrack for that i actually checked um unfortunately but if it wasn't for grindstone being having that good of a soundtrack this would have been my number one choice this year uh to, to me it's one of the most unique experiences i've ever had um in terms of music playing such a pivotal role into a game uh it's such a like like josh and i talked about a little bit with uh his favorite weapon choice the game is super simplistic in that basically you're a monkey rampaging and you're trying to escape humans and that that idea is simple enough and and it's made so interesting and fun because of a the art direction and how it looks like kind of like a painting, but even more so for me was the music. And it's so important because every time you kill someone, as you could hear from the soundtrack, there's a big cymbal crash. And yeah. the, it's it's this just this jazz, this basic jazz, and it's very percussion-based jazz. And so everything that's happening in the level uh, – another percussion piece is implemented into the music, the basic music. Mm-hmm. And that's such a unique, uh, this year at least, a very unique uh, way of integrating the music into a game and making it kind of a focal point. It is definitely a focal point in this game. And it was it was super enjoyable for me. I, I wanted to, I marathon that game, I think in, two days i think one of the last levels i had to give another day but uh the the music is was so good obviously i love jazz i've talked about it multiple times that i wanted to see the subsequent songs the subsequent uh way the soundtrack was affected by what you do in the game yeah i think i think it's easily the most unique way of using a 
music in a game this year, if not this decade, really. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. That's, <laughs> you're just trying to go me in, aren't you? Um, if not ever in gaming. No, okay. If not ever in all of media. Okay. Well, this uh, is the nice part of the show, yeah. so we can talk about that oh, later. Yeah. But yes, That's I know a, a lot of people um, – they, they, the, the, the cool thing about the soundtrack, I'll say something nice, is that they – every time you like go to smash an enemy or beat someone up – and they'll hit like another part of the drum set. They try to, you know, it's basically the tempo and the, and the, you know, the, uh, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Adding the little ripples around the beat are sort of every time you beat the shit out of somebody or throw them out a window. Yeah, mm-hmm. accents. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's so, not even just that. Like, the whole thing is dynamic. Like, there's a general groove that it's got going forward, but like, it will drop that out and replace it with Phil's kind of based on a tempo of how you are hitting enemies. Um, it's like, uh, oddly, like the ape outside of track and also the untitled goose game soundtrack were actually two of my runners up for, for this reason. Cause they're both, they both have dynamic soundtracks that change based off of what you're doing. Uh, and, and like, not just based off of what you're doing, but like different, you know, um, different bits will come in on time with what you're doing to really accent it. Um, and in, uh, you know, Ape Out, you get this really frantic, uh, you know, just dre- jazz drumming through the whole thing that just, you know, amps you up the whole time through. And in Untitled Goose Game, you end up with an experience that feels like playing a Tom and Jerry uh, cartoon, where, like, everything you're doing is, like, just on time with the beat. It feels... It, it it just it, it makes it heightens everything. Having the soundtrack mm-hmm. immediately responds to what you're doing. Um, right. Yeah. Would you say? Good. Would you think it's fair to say that this is probably one of the most innovative uses of music in a video game in the past decade, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you. I don't know if it's, if you just have. No, not could do that yet. But, um, anyway, I'm, yeah, just, I'm being facetious. Yeah. I know, those those I two know, games had, had a similar similar sort of a thing with the, the dynamic soundtracks. Look, it is it is dynamic and it's very unique. That absolutely, um, one of the most unique ones of the. Verses from Daniel Olson on the Sayonara Wild Hearts soundtrack. That was actually my second favorite song from the game as well. Uh, tell me about that, Josh. Oh yeah, that the whole soundtrack is great, um, but that level in particular has a a, uh, a gimmick where <clears throat> they're like the two twins that you're fighting are each snapping, and when one of them snaps, the universe switches to uh, like a different version right? of. Uh, <laughs> 
of the world with like all the yeah. uh, just like minor changes. Um, and so you have to like keep different versions of the world in your head as you're as you're going through to make sure you don't hit stuff. And it's, yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's it's like the very unique use of music in that game. The rhythm, it's not really a rhythm game per se because like yeah, no. it. You don't really have to, like, do much to a beat, but the music is a part of the aesthetic and, like, the storytelling. Like, mm-hmm. it's and, uh, integrated into it. Yeah, it's it's integrated really well. Actually, I was listening to the soundtrack on its own, and uh, pop is a genre that likes to fill space. Like, they, yeah. they pop is, they always end up with, like, a ridiculously lush sound with just, like, every, every, you know every part of the soundscape, you know, being being used for something. And this soundtrack, actually, when you listen to it by itself, has a lot of... It's clean. It is really clean. It has a lot of ex- extra room left open for... Yeah, because uh, for they the morphed it in. sound effects. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. In there. Um, and... Well, and it, I, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's done Sorry, really, really well. Like, oddly enough, I think the soundtrack is better in the game. Just, like, playing yes. the game itself. Yeah. Because you get the extra sound effects, the extra claps, the extra um, like the atmosphere. Because there's still like not heavy, but like there's um, you know like room noise and a little bit a little bit of extra reverb, um, just like in the game levels. It's um, I it's 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 spectacular in the game. Just because I'm in a good mood, Josh. Here's a here's a freebie. That was there's one that there's that one level where you're riding on the motorcycle through the woods yeah. and you have to fight that wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can hear it in that one because that one was a well, I don't know what clip I'm going to end up putting in the final thing, but anyway, the one you just played for us had room left open for like the sound effects of the robot wolf uh, going on in there and like everything else. Like there was there was room room for it. Like they they composed the whole thing based around yeah. those extra sounds being in there, which I thought was really cool. Yes, yeah. It was it's that song was like one that I immediately ran and wanted to put on the uh Instagram page cuz that I just love that. Like that whole song. Mm, yeah. I can't remember I'm trying to remember the name of that song now cuz it's fucking great. Uh I thought I tagged them. It says I guess I'm not cuz I'm a piece of shit apparently didn't It is Forest Ghost. Yeah, Forest Ghost. Yep. Staring through empty. Oh man, that's uh, I got that song stuck in my head now. Um, okay, so that is Forest Ghost. You're absolutely right, Josh. Forest Ghost. I should just play that. You know, play that as one of my choices. I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted here. Um, <laughs> Fish. Let's because I, I I liked it enough to. I'm just remembering. I liked it enough at the time to like throw it up on our Instagram page and like. Even though I know that game connected more with you than me, it still did connect with like the back half of the game. I I just sat down at my table, connected my Xbox controller to my phone, and I played like the last forty minutes of that game, and I was like really into it. In fact, oh, when yeah. I started over, I immediately wanted to play the way that game ends. I wanted to play the first level again because it's like circular, yeah. goes around. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty cool, pretty cool game if you have like an hour of time to kill. Um, definitely play with the controller. All right, fish, your final choice here. That's right. It's the phone call from the big man because Fish told me that this 
is perhaps his favorite soundtrack of the year. What is it you say? Oh, I'm dying. I'm wet with anticipation. Great choice, Fish. That is Tearing Through Heaven from the Fire mm-hmm. Emblem. Three yeah. houses. Oh, yeah. ST. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Th- I'm surprised. Like, that. the music in that game yeah. is just, it pumps you up in a way. Like, I don't know what it is. If it's, like, the the, the brass in, the, in their scores or whatever. But, like, it's so well done. And, like, I kind of miss, like, those uh, big orchestra um, uh Classic RPG bombastic, yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, and like I, I it, it works in 2019, and I like I, I'm so happy to actually hear something like that in a game that's actually fun as well, and like the combat, and they they play that music during the combat, and like usually like it could that music can drone on to the point where um, you get tired of it. Um, yeah, like even in some like the battle music in Final Fantasy, like that could get. Yeah, they've got to, they've got to make one song that's good enough to listen to for a, a battle that can last yeah, upwards right, of an hour. Right. So, yeah. And it's yeah. Actually, well, and it's actually dynamic. I don't know if you noticed this, yeah. but when you go to attack enemies, it get it, it changes. Mm-hmm. It's the same mm-hmm. melody, but it gets more intense, and then it goes <laughs> yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, and it was something like the uh, the moon theme from, oh, was it Final Fantasy Five? No, it was one of the earlier ones, but anyway, it back then the soundtrack restarted every time you got out of a random battle. And uh anyway, this song had like a thirty second intro, so all you ever heard was the intro to the song going through that yeah. area. Because it just it never got to the main <laughs> main thing because you got in so many random battles. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I, I, miss, I... I miss those nineties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, RPG soundtracks. That's yeah, that's awesome, Fish. I that soundtrack in general, like I'm telling you, surprisingly good. I know I was harping on it a little at the beginning of the year, and you'll hear a lot of those songs. But man, like it was so classic RPG it, in like the best way possible. Like maybe the most my favorite traditional soundtrack. The only knock I had against it, and it's not really necessary now, is just that it wasn't really doing anything really unique. But um just damn good damn good stuff mm-hmm. oh, love yeah. it love it all right i think we're getting to the final few here um we exhausted all the fishes so this must be pretty close to the round robin do you think we could play my third choice yeah well we haven't even played two of mine so we're fine we're fine i said we're getting i said we're getting there chimney christmas Hi, hi. You hurry the fuck up? Um, <laughs> just, All right. <laughs> I will tell you this. Messing with you. I'm got sorry. a teaser here. Another controversial pick from the one and only Shay Layton this year. 
So perk your ears up, ladies and gentlemen, and get ready. Here comes Apex Legends. <laughs> Actually, the title theme in Apex Legends is great. It is. Um, it is. You said two minutes and... Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. That must be it. So that is from the Pokemon soundtrack. That's right. If yeah. you didn't get the Pikachu, that's from the. <laughs> yeah, no, that I really like the soundtrack this year because uh, it's the first soundtrack of a Pokemon game I felt actually compelled to listen to, and that's because of how good the music was. To be honest with you, and I, I liked that a lot of the music complemented the zones and how different or the um, routes and how each one felt very different. Not to say, and to be clear, I'm not saying the other Pokemon music wasn't good in the past. Like obviously gen one red and blues music is phenomenal. Um, I should have said the first music I've been compelled to listen to since gen one, to be honest with you. I, yeah, I loved the, the music in this game. They did a lot of, or they made a lot of really cool songs. What I liked about that song in particular, which is why, I chose it to represent the game is it's uh, the fi- one of the final boss fights and the two legendaries that are helping you. Uh, they introduce their like Pokemon call because each Pokemon has a call into the song, which is kind of cool. And um, obviously there's guitar solos in there, which I enjoy. So, but yeah, overall, I just, I really like the, uh, the overall production that Pokemon had. If it's, if it's not clear at this point and, they put a lot of time and effort into the music and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually I will, I will say this is the first Pokemon soundtrack. I can remember being like, damn, there's some good music on here in a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Since gen one for me. Yeah. Gen one yeah. was so outstanding that they just, they reused the themes from it forever. Yeah. Cause they were just completely iconic at that point with just, you know, little changes here and there. There, there were some really cool stuff here and here and there, but like overall they, they were very similar for a long time, and this this was felt. Again, they're reusing some of the themes. You'll hear bits and pieces, but it's been gone over completely, and it's yeah, it's it's outstanding. They did a great job with the soundtrack in this this Pokemon yeah. game. They did. It really. I'm like seriously. Like it's surprisingly. I was surprised. 
Yes, I was surprised you were digging it, though, because I thought that when you saw a nominated at the Game Awards, you were upset. You were like, why is Pokemon on here? And then you sent me that today, and I was I was like, well, weird. Um, but I do like it. Yeah, yeah, maybe I miss it. I may have misunderstood you. I thought you were upset when you saw it. No, nominated. I was upset. I No, I wasn't upset that it was nominated. I was upset at how shoehorned that category was yeah, into that was so sad because because it was oh like, yeah yeah they just because it's like oh and here's uh the the mm-hmm. the top nominations for and here's who won okay moving on and I yeah like, i that was the first time i've ever seen the guy from death stranding Ludwig to you by in state real farm life. and doritos <laughs> yeah i was like look it's the guy from death stranding he's gone okay i've never uh-huh. seen his face before i'm glad he got his right seven... and you you think about like in past years how much like, you know what's fucking weird about that whole thing is didn't they have musicians perform there? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I brought this up right after we – I think you were gone that week, but I, I thought it was ridiculous that they pushed the music aside to, like, the pre-show t- sort of thing. And then for the game of the year, they ha- had a full orchestra out there playing – yeah, from each of it's these like, games. Huh? like, obviously, this is a big deal. People care about the music. They cared enough about the music to bring out an orchestra to play music from the games. They had someone perform music at the pre-show. They had, didn't they have Green Day perform some songs? They, they had a yeah. bunch of yeah. artists performing music. In clear, it's clear. Yeah, that, that's a discussion for a different day. Let's yeah. not no, go no, down. No. Yes, yes. Agreed. I'm sorry. I, I think sorry. we had that on our game. I agree, though. We um, did. Yeah, so it wasn't, I wasn't frustrated that Pokemon was on the list. I was frustrated that it was just like, hey, here's this. Bye. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I misunderstood. That's yeah. all good. It, for a Pokemon soundtrack, I agree. It is surprisingly excellent. Um, some good shit. All right, last one. This is a surprisingly emotional song for me. Uh, not to kill the mood, as I always do. I was playing all these bangers, so I'll just get it out of the way now. See the sunset The day is course uh you guys played a lot of stuff i love so i figured i would just double down on my death stranding um that is, so- is that song to me is integral to the game because you see mads mickelson he'll sing that in the little flashbacks occasionally when you when you plug in your bb you'll just see him humming this song and you're like why 
why and it, you know later on in the game they'll explain it but he's just kind of it's like kind of a, like a lullaby that he's singing to the bb in the tank as you're trying to unfold the mystery and i'd shit you not i actually used that very same song to put my baby to sleep in real life after i got out of the hospital uh of course this is before she had colic or developed colic and it's been a nightmare ever since um but but yeah it was kind of funny because i was like rocking her i played that song and she just got so sleepy and um it was just i just think that's a really beautiful song from now this is what's really cool about it the guy who made the the darker electronic stuff got together with the lady i think from silent poets who did some of the licensed music in the game and they wrote a song specifically for the game that's integral to the story of the game as well um and it's actually the last song you hear in the game as well. So they can end it on a positive note because some of those final chapters are pretty clusterfucky. Um, and yeah, I just think it's a, just a really beautiful song. I, it's basically like melancholy sort of synth kind of stuff that fits the game really well. But it's it's important to me, but it's like actually important to the game. Like It actually has importance in the game um, as it's sort of BB's lullaby. It's called BB's theme. So there you go. I BB's, enjoyed that. Yeah. It, it reminded me kind of of um, Lord of the Rings. Like, uh, there's a point in The Return of the King when Pippin sings. It was like a mixture between when Pippin sings and uh, oh, yeah. the ending of the first of uh, The Fellowship of the Ring when Enya had her song Let It Be on there. It kind of reminded me as a mixture between those two and the mood of it being somber yet slightly hopeful kind of. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. It just like that's the first yeah. time I've heard that song and that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's pretty dead on. I always think of it as sort of like when you're singing your kid to sleep at night because fatherhood is a big theme in Death Stranding, and like you, the world is fucked up. It's a sad place to bring a kid into, but at the same time, you want to fill them with that level of hope. The day is done, the day is ending. You know what I mean? Let that yawn out. There's no pretending. I'm gonna stay with you by your side. It's like kind of this like very sweet thing. So it just I don't that song just hit me in a very emotional way. So I'm gonna stop it there. Forced to cry. All right, so that is the best music category. I think all three of ours, from what I'm seeing here, got played. So is everyone happy? Is everyone satisfied? Oh, yeah. You always left me smiling and satisfied. Let's do a quick, a fast, quick kind of silly category. I think we got another one of those in here. Um, oh, God damn it. I just remembered I forgot something really poor. That's okay. I'll live without it. I'll live. Um, let's do... I think this one will be quick-ish. Um, it's favorite game mechanic. Um, Fish, what do you have for favorite game mechanic? Um, I put down a bunch on here, and I couldn't really decide. Because they're all kind of small ones. Um, but I guess I'll, I'll, I'll go with Anthem flight in that game wow anthem making a surprise appearance after fish talks so much shit on (laughs) yeah that that was one of the more fun parts of that video game was just flying around and once you actually uh get opened up to the open world um that's when i think it really shined and i wish that they had actually let you go into an open world type of setting and actually fully play around with that because um uh, I, I think at that point, once it did open up like that, uh, the, it was kind of like second nature. Yeah. It's still fun to do, but like um, at that point, it was like your mode of transportation of getting around in the world. Um, so the I guess the the uh, 
my my lust for flying soaring through the skies in that game had kind of wore off at that point but um yeah whenever you first started flying in that game and started taking out enemies uh airborne and looking down in the battlefield like it really felt good in that game and um i think they did a good job of giving you that sense of uh flight in that game okay that's a good one that's yeah no that's 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 the truth i think for story reasons they had you like walking around in this big strider delivering delivering dialogue like the world is so dangerous we we can't be just out here in a javelin the whole time uh, but i think it would have given you a a much better experience of the game because you would have gotten to fly around and experience the world more and then also mm-hmm. would have made the world feel more cohesive had you started way more missions from from the fort and just and just yeah. flown through the whole world to get somewhere because yeah, that I, I think that would have done an awful lot. A for the pacing problems you had, where they finally just say, "Okay, here, go do all the open world stuff." Had you flown through it a couple times before that, and then also, like like Fish said, the mechanic is just so great that just flying around is uh, really satisfying. Yeah, mm-hmm. Josh, what is your favorite mechanic of the year? Now that Fish has surprised us with an anthem drop. That one really surprised me. That was not anywhere on my notes as a possibility for any of you guys. But uh, I'll try and sw- yeah, fish. Right? I'll try and sway you to the dark side. Okay, I'll <laughs> wait. I'll wait. <laughs> no, my favorite mechanic from this year is actually probably one of the best puzzle games, at least this decade, maybe longer. Um, Baba like, is you. Baba is you. Pushing rules, <laughs> having having the that. rules yeah. for the game itself be objects within the game world is just amazing, amazing, amazing. It's it's good at the beginning of the game, just as you're starting to learn what you can do with it, and then it works all the way out to just completely absurd, completely absurd levels. To the point where near the end of the game, you start breaking the game to have objectives take you outside of the level and change the world map and just just break the game yeah, uh, in yeah. order to get to the end. Like, it is, it is amazing, amazing. It's, it's stuff that just, we, we've not seen, we've not seen, like, a mechanic just this completely unique and clever in a puzzle game in a long time and it's it's just it's great it is absolutely great yeah agreed agreed that's a good one very super brilliant game shay what do you have for best mechanic or favorite god you're supposed to slap me when i say best guys you're supposed to slap me across the face uh my <laughs> favorite is uh pokeballs i like throwing <laughs> yeah, that one is a joke uh my favorite mechanic this year and this one I kind of took a little bit loosely is the motorcycle in Days Gone because I I really enjoyed, you know, just riding around on that motorcycle throughout the world. It's kind of similar to, I guess, akin to driving around in Far Cry 5 or even a little bit like sailing a ship in uh, Sea of Thieves where it's it's like very peaceful and it's always the calm before the storm. But also, like, your bike is kind of your hub, too. It's where you store everything, um, like, all your supplies. It's where you save. It's where, like, everything, like, that you do in that game always comes back to that motorcycle. And the motorcycle has kind of, like, a pivotal 
point to play in that story and in the game and even like you use it as a weapon as well um so like it's a multi it's basically like the that motorcycle in the game is like the leatherman of a zombie apocalypse for uh the main Mm -hmm. character and i think it, it was just pivotal in the game being as good as it was Good motorcycle is always important. You didn't get irritated by like having to deal with like the gas, or, like running out of gas and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, it's like I'm not taking a knock, so please don't think that. I I don't think it's any more cumbersome than something like on Death Stranding, where on Death Stranding you have to do certain things that are, you know, kind of art not arbitrary. Sorry, they are mundane. And it's like, why would I do these mundane things in a game? And like filling up your motorcycle with gas is kind of one of those things where, yes, it's not your favorite thing in the world. It's not the best thing, but it becomes a part of the experience. And you realize that it brings it that one step closer to realism. And so I didn't I honestly I didn't mind it. Uh, Yeah, it's sort of part of the sort of like the survival mechanics It's part of the experience. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. And. I didn't. Yeah, I. You learn to deal with it. It's, it's, it's a, it's a minor price to pay for the motorcycle being as useful as it is. Yeah, well, I got good news for you. There is a really badass motorcycle in Death Stranding. Let me tell you, um, that you can use to latch all sorts of. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Oh, there's, yeah. a, there's a really good. That thing also hops too, and it actually hops. Yeah, it has a hop button. I don't know how. But you just press X and it hops <laughs> like a like a bunny. Hydraulics. We're going for yeah, a hydraulic motorcycle much. there. Um, but you actually can stack stuff on the side of it. So yeah, it's it's a great motorcycle. But for me, yeah, that's 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 kind of a category to have fun with too. But yeah, I think for me it was just the um, the the. St- it was it was kind of a joke before Death Stranding came out that it was going to be a strand game. Everyone's like, oh, but I I, I think this is one thing that even the haters be damned, like the mechanic of having other people build stuff in your world um, was just one of the coolest, most unique things I've ever seen. And like, as Shay would say, maybe this decade, uh, maybe forever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, but like yeah it's 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 cool like there's so many times where i was like the world is your enemy and you're traversing this very difficult kind of frustrating environment and people can build stuff in the world that you can use to survive and me and fish were talking about it last night like he had just finished like a long highway um and like sort of how satisfying it is to like be a part of this greater good this greater goal of like helping each other um and these people you don't even know but you can drop them a like and and, and a kindness there, and yeah, um, yeah, you feel more connected with um, other players going through the same experience that you're essentially going through. So you kind of feel um, bad that they have to, you know, because like for me, like I wanted to drive my motorcycle through through all the places because yeah. it, it felt good to ride around on that motorcycle. And um, it's not necessarily a motorcycle; they they call it a trike in the game. But um, yeah. Um, there, there's terrain that's just so difficult to get over. It just, yeah. it, you just can't do it. Like it, it's, it's, it's more not a, a fun motorcycle. Believe me, I driven up a mountain full of rocks and it was, it was not a no, fun experience. I, I think I did the same thing too. Yeah. And it, it was not fun. So like whenever you get the option of like clearing out all that stuff and making a nice smooth highway to get from one area to another area, like it, that's a nice thing. And like it, it, it takes a little grinding, but, like, that's part of the video game uh, aspect of it is, like, grinding out these materials to actually materials. build um, the yeah. road. And, like, 
it, it, it feels like you got a better uh, goal that you're trying to achieve for in, in the game that uh, is very rewarding, and you're actually rewarded with, you know, likes, and um, it, it shows like, oh, so-and-so player used your um, piece of uh, road or whatever you laid down to help out um, on their journey. So uh, it, it's cool to see that. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Like I really like that too. Um in the uh second chapter, um I was I, I don't know exactly how it's handled. It seems like it's on some sort of shard, like they're you're probably linked together by you know, a certain group of usernames or something. because um, there's no way you could all be on the same thing. But uh anyway, in, in the second chapter, it seems like everybody mm-hmm. was interested in rebuilding the roads. So I had basically a full highway um connecting the cities and everything very early on and then going into the third chapter it seemed like nobody gave a crap like at all (laughs) um none of the highways were done at all um and so i've taken it upon myself to rebuild them personally all of them by myself because you know somebody else is going to want it um and so i've rebuilt like what five stretches of highway that are sneaking across this river and through some really rough terrain um yeah and just gotten tons and tons and tons of likes because of it, because it's it, it's it's a massive improvement to traversing that area. Because, um, yeah, like it's it's a tough tough zone to get around. Um, yeah, yeah. But also, like once once you do get all those <laughs> likes as well, like that, it actually improves the stat on there as well yeah. for you. Um, and um, I believe like it, it's like it. It improves a bunch of stuff, but, like, it gives you, like, more time to actually like a person's uh, structure so you can spam a bunch of likes towards them uh, if something, like, really helped you. And mm-hmm. um, I tend to do that for just structures that, like, really were handy, like like a charging station out. It, yeah. That was just, like, placed in such a way that just perfect. they knew, like, yeah. they knew that you yeah. can be running <laughs> Right when they ran right out here. of gas, they built it so mm-hmm. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like, yeah. It's, it's funny, like, uh, the, the highway that I rebuilt is like it's massive it's been a huge improvement for everybody else around but like it wouldn't have been done if it weren't for like a bunch of time fall shelters that people left out along the way and uh you know it's like all these little nice nice helpful things that they did like they they just went about it solved you know solving those problems a completely different way they're like oh look, I guess this looks way too hard cuz it was frankly rebuilding the highway at like the the end of chapter 3 going through there it's it's a nightmare like it's tough to even get to the places where you start to build the things um but yeah like it would that's the thing there's people like josh out there people. working to build and there's people like me that are just leeching off other people's creations so <laughs> it's it's a beautiful world much like real life mm-hmm. um so yeah a really cool implementation and just super unique so that stuck out to me um let's do favorite character and i'll soup up the order here a little bit for me this is probably gonna surprise you guys it was tough I'm glad we don't do favorite performance because I know that's what the Game Awards does, and I have a lot of respect for that because some of the performances in in Death Stranding are just so incredible. But we do favorite character, so and God bless. I love, believe me, I I love the Mads Mikkelsen character a lot, and I love a lot of the character in Death Stranding. Uh, I love Mama. I love the I love the performances of everyone in the motion capture. But like, if I'm honest with myself, the character that meant the most to me this year, but was also the most integral to my enjoyment of the entire game and the story, let's not 
kid ourselves. It's Edelgard! Bring. That's right. Um, a character that started off for me as just, oh, I'm going to pick the hot chick, um, turned into actually an incredibly well-written character. And the thing that, that I love the most about Edelgard, as I got to know her, the voice acting was, I thought, fantastic. Um, she was an interesting character. And you learn about her past and how she was sort of like these people did these crest experiments on her. And that's why she doesn't like the church. And she doesn't really trust the church. Like, they, they are willing to do terrible things to meet um, the the goals that they have. And, and it's just interesting because usually the church is not something you'd think as a, as a negative thing in video games. Um, and this connotation, it's if you play Edelgard's path, it, it is, um, she doesn't like, uh, the church at all of Saros. And, um, but like her as a character, like I would have gone to the end of the world with that woman. She could have said anything. She should put this bag of cocaine in your asshole and smuggle it across the border to Mexico. I would have been like, Yes, Edelgard, at your command. I will do it. Um, she was just a really interesting character. Like, I I felt way more connected to her and attached to her than I should have. And when the plot twist hit, and I sort of had to make the decision to team up with her and do something that seemed wrong in the game, as you might look at it from the outside and be like, you're becoming the villain, I knew her intentions so well that it didn't feel wrong. Like I, she convinced me that her, her side was the right view, the way she, and I'm not just saying that because she was just some hot chick. I was a little blinded by that at first, but like her explanation through her story and, and her like was real. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I would, I would fight with you through this thing. And, um, I just thought she was a fantastic character. I really did. I thought Dimitri and Claude were kind of lame to be honest with you. Um, don't, don't at me. But yeah, so Edelgard was, I think, a great character, a classic character, along the lines of characters that are not motion captured. Like, it's difficult for some of these characters that are not like the Norman Reedus's of the world that are just so realistic and lifelike. I love that stuff. So the technical side of it is a little bit of a bummer. But like, her as a character meant the most to me, um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Shay, who is your favorite character of the year? Yeah, this one's going to come out of left field for you guys. Um, I'm not going to offer too much of an explanation or try and justify it but uh (laughs) clementine from telltales the walking dead was my character of the year i know she's been a character of the year in previous years and uh the to simply put it the reason i picked her is because she almost didn't get an ending to her story with aj and, and everything that happened with the studio um which is very very unfortunate we've talked about um in a previous podcast it would have been a shame to see Clementine's story not come to some kind of conclusion because of did at that company. So yeah, it, it was good to have a conclusion to her story. It was a very bittersweet way to say goodbye to that character as um, I think it was obviously clearly time to uh, put that story to rest for a lot of reasons and uh it was very it was very emotional um one of my one of my favorite scenes actually one of my favorite scenes in that game was could have very well been one of my favorite scenes this year but yeah just clement clementine got the the ending she uh needed essentially and was very happy and i'm very very satisfied 
Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, you did. So I was just giving you shit because you're like, I'm not going to justify this or explain it. So it's not very defensive, but you did justify it and explain it. And that's fine. That makes sense. I mean, it was the, she only you almost didn't get an ending with her as a character. So I can understand that. I mean, it would have sucked to not have that um, that art complete. Yeah, for sure. Um. Okay. All right. Clementine for Shay. That's surprising me. Uh, all sorts of surprises this year. Josh, favorite character of the year. Yeah, this was another tough one this year. Uh, we had a bunch of good characters from several games. Like you mentioned, Edelgard. Almost any character in that game could be a character of the year. And like any other, it's, they were all written so well. All just you know. Really unique, really, really well actualized between the writing and the uh, the voice acting. We had a yeah. lot of good characters in uh, several other games. I mean, Parvati is kind of almost, you know, almost single-handedly saved the Outer Worlds. Because um, she's such a good character in that game. Um, yep. But... The one, and the, you may kind of see this coming from, from some of my earlier answers, but my favorite character from this year is Pat. From the Gator, from Leader Alligator. Later Alligator. Because he's just, just so adorable, so paranoid about everything, and just, he's, he's, just, you, he's just the most lovable character in this game. And, uh, yeah, 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 it just, it comes across so well between the animations and the writing. And, uh, yeah, just getting to meet his whole family because, I mean, that's, that's the whole, the, the plot of the game is you're, you know, trying to find out who wants to kill him. And so you're talking to his whole family about Pat and you're, you know, kind of getting, you know, an entire family's worth of takes on this one character. Um, and it just, it, it lets you feel, you know, just a connection to him that you don't get. Um, from a lot of games just because of the the strange conceit of this game uh, you know um, yeah and it, yeah it was it was just extremely well done and he's yeah he's he absolutely stands out in my mind as just one of the one of the my favorite characters from this year i think the story you told earlier helps kind of mm-hmm. reinforce that because i would have been like what <laughs> yeah. uh pat pat it's quite a name for an alligator mm-hmm. so <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Pat from Later Alligator Fish, uh, favorite character of the year. Drop a bomb on me. Um, I'm not sure if this is going to be a bomb, but uh, Zero from Katana Zero, which is the protagonist that you play as. Um, I like the fact that he he seems like a junkie for you know drugs. He he's trying to get injected with um, these drugs that. Um, essentially keep him like in this state of mind that he's found balance in um and he 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 definitely shows that he's struggling with a lot of mental issues as well but um um, i like the fact that he also runs around in what looks like a bathrobe um killing all these it is a bathrobe for sure it, 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 well, it's also like, it looks like it has like some sort of cheap kimono design to it as well to kind yeah. of like look like a sa- he's a samurai going around. And I like to think of, you know, some guy with uh, uh, a bathrobe with a katana just like loosely tied on there with the bathrobe. Uh, oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's like if, if this game had the visual quality. Star Wars quality kid of... is going through some things. 
Yeah, dude. Exactly. If this game looked like the visual quality of Sekiro, but it was like a guy in a bathrobe, it would be the greatest thing. That's why <laughs> I want to replace Sekiro. Yeah. yeah, it would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, like having like that kind of weird vibe, and it, it is mentioned like how he's actually dressed by I think um, one of the hotel uh, desk clerks is like mentions what you're wearing and everything. Um, but yeah, his his character like for for some reason just stuck out to me as far as like characters. Not many characters stuck out this year other than from um Fire Emblem for me. Um but I, I didn't there's like Josh said, there were so many great characters in Fire Emblem I couldn't just pick one. Um so I just went with um Katana yeah. Zero's protagonist. You couldn't pick Dimitri because he's fucking lame. <laughs> Until he gets that eye patch. Once he gets the eye patch, at least he looks really cool. He does look really cool, and yeah, he has that whole emo thing of wanting to just kill everything. (laughs) What a guy. He's just so mad. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to upset anybody listening that likes Dimitri a lot. Um, All right, favorite character in a... God, this is going to be a quite a conversation later looking at these lists. Um, Zero from Katana Zero. But yeah, I agree with Fish. It's hard to pick a character from um, Fire Emblem, especially if you didn't take the Black Eagles. All right, so let's see here. We have... <laughs> get all this. this is, I think, will probably be a pretty quick one, but this is a unique category for us. It's called Favorite Ecosystem. Um, and of all the years that we've done this, I think this is probably the most disappointing year for me. I had a lot of fun with it when we did Horizon and last year with Red Dead. But this year was a shitty year for ecosystems. Yeah. I really couldn't. I was, you guys think of anything? I was going through my list there. Did I'm you? like, hmm. There's one. There's yeah, one no, game. there's, still, there's, there's one only game. the one choice. There's one. Yeah, it's Pokemon, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 That's, that's it. <laughs> yes, yes, but you guys all missed out on the actual answer. So, But yeah, I knew all three of you were going to pick Pokemon because that was of the things we played. Well, the one game with an ecosystem. None of the I, rest I tried, of the I, I tried them. to be cute, but I didn't think any of the... the Crypto biotes or the BTs would count as an, uh, an ecosystem in Death Stranding. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I that'd be a cute answer. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other one I could think of was I played the Fantasy Twelve Remaster this year, and it was really cute to see the animals in that yeah. world fighting each other. Because I forgot that they did that, like the T Rex would like walk around and attack, like the animals in that game. It was dynamic at the time, but that was like yeah, two thousand six. Yeah. Exactly, like that was not that was not a thing that was done at the time. That was really cool back in the day. Um, well, what's the actual answer, Josh? Well, what are we missing here? The actual answer is actually from a Plague Tale, Innocence, because oh, the whole yeah. game is based around. The, uh, um, you know, this plague. And in, in the game, it's like a supernaturally caused one. But you're seeing the way it is just destroying the world with, like, all the de- all these dead farm animals and war horses and, and, and people that are just, just the, the casualties involved in this just ridiculously, you know, just powerful destruction from these plague rats. Um, mm-hmm. And they're... I mean, there is a villain in the game, but like the 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 central threat in the game from start to finish is the plague. Is the plague, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like that that the way that the world building you get from you know that mechanic being central to the game to the narrative, um, and just the whole world. Um, yeah, it, it it was it was great. It leaves you with a just. 
you know, yeah, because it's sort yeah. of like a dark ecosystem. You're mm-hmm. seeing how the plague has ravished the ecosystem. Yeah, how it fails. So like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, it's not like you see a bunch of like plague-ridden creatures walking around, zombified or whatever, in a fantasy thing. It's just very realistic. Like you see just the damage that you see. It's like an ecosystem that's sort of like on the brink yeah. <laughs> because this plague is just tearing through it. I yeah. guess. Man, when I was a kid and I used to read about the bubonic plague, I used to think that was the most horrific thing in the world to read about. Did you guys ever feel that way when you read about the plague and people like coughing up their fucking, <laughs> coughing themselves to death? Mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it was, it was really cool because, I mean, obviously the, the plague rats are like a supernatural thing in this one and not exactly like the plague, but there's still oh, okay. sickness going on and like different, you know, people being quarantined because uh, mm-hmm. they're, you know, worried about it spreading and. And also like a, yeah. having the whole thing kind of feed into, you know, just the, the mass control of the church at the time um, and how they were they were a big part of fighting the plague, which is generally seen as a positive thing in history. But it was kind of a one of the ways they seized power and also, you know, kind of to play off of that in this game, you know, showing how it was kind of engineered to be a power grab and um yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Really cool. One that, way. Yeah, I'll give it to you. That's that's at least a clever answer. Maybe it's because we didn't get a chance to play that one for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, that was that was one of the ones I regret the most because um, it looks it looks really 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 incredible and it looks like something I would enjoy. Yeah. And I've yeah. heard so many good things about the narrative, if nothing else. Yeah, I think you'd like it. But uh, yeah, I, when I was going through like that, it was that and Pokemon were like the only two that really had much of anything going on. I mean, there, there were yeah, there were not... like a few creatures wandering around in like the outer worlds, but not yeah, not really a yeah, lot. Well, not enough. Not enough to feel like it should be winning That's... the category. So yeah, maybe if the, if I felt stronger about the art. Yeah, it was it was kind of a slow. I I love this category. I think we should keep it. I just feel like it was a slow year. Yeah, for that. it was. It was like I. It's one of those things that I don't think about going through the year because it's something more unique to us. But uh, yeah, it was not, not really a year for you know cohesive ecosystems in games. Mm-hmm. Next year, yeah, we're gonna get this underground sex ecosystem of cyberpunk. Yeah, I'm curious <laughs> to see how they do that because I mean, obviously, we're gonna get you know like the human side of it with mm-hmm. you know like a whole city like that. But I'm I'm curious to see if they have, you know. Like more of the rats and and birds and and everything else, it manages to kind of still. Yeah, keep will it just be in a city more like that? Would be cool. Yeah, yeah. giant roaches crawling all over my cum socks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the horror. Um, okay, good choices, guys. Josh, at least yours was clever. I mean, Pokemon kind of swamped it there, but I like I like where your head's at. Um, it for was sure. on my list because it was one of the two <laughs> games. Only two games. <laughs> uh, but that's a unique category, and you know. Maybe next year. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so favorite boss, I think, is a really fun category. And this year was interesting in that regard. Um, I did a lot of thinking about this category. And there were some really cool boss fights in Death Stranding. But it was more of a visual thing for, than a gameplay standpoint. Um, so that couldn't do it. And Fire Emblem had some great moments. But I don't really think of it as like boss encounters. Um, and control as well like there was some interesting spectacle there but kind of frustrating from the gameplay side of things and i settled this might surprise you guys but i settled on one from borderlands 3 um 
I think the pain and terror boss from Borderlands 3. That's a good boss. It's it's like pretty much like the perfect representation of what Borderlands has always been going for for me. Um, the tone of that boss with the announcers, pain and terror inside that giant like Mad Max tank, and they're kind of yelling at you the whole time and mocking at you. And you know, uh, Penn and Teller do a great job with the 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 voice acting in that. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't know if people these days even really know who Penn Pen and Teller are. I feel like that's an old person thing now. I'm getting old. Um, but like that fight itself was just like really dynamic and difficult and fun. It was like this kind of this big mechanical creepy creature in the middle of this room and these spinning saw blades. And it, even leading up to that fight, the tone of the fight, I just love, there's like a crowd screaming leading, leading up to that fight. You have to push a button that plays your entrance music. <laughs> and I remember walking up and hitting that button. And it was just like, do, 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 do. It was like this badass synth music. And I was like, all right, look. The bad, the back half of Borderland had some badass bosses. There was that giant yeah. like dragon thing, and then the, you know the the final few bosses I thought were really good. So I was surprised, but at the end of the day, that was the one I felt embodied the game of the most, and I remembered the most. So, um, and final funny note, I was about to die, and the boss actually killed an enemy I was shooting, and it saved my life. Um, <laughs> so I got a second win that way. I ducked under one of those blades, and the blade killed the enemy I was shooting, and I wasn't going to kill him. And then I got second win and ended up killing, so it was a cool personal moment. But <laughs> nice. That game actually, you know, Borderlands had some good boss fights. Let's, it did. Um, it did. That was, uh, yeah. And like you said, they were sadly a little weighted towards the end of the game. Like you didn't really get to the really memorable bosses until too far into the chunk. game. But they had some really yeah. solid ones once you got to them. Yeah, well, underappreciated. Um, Shay, what about you? Best or God damn it! If I do that one more time, I'm going to murder my own self. <laughs> Favorite boss fight, 2019 Dagger Tooth. Mine was also from Borderlands Three, as I'm sure you guys figured out. Mine was uh, Grave Ward from Borderlands Three. Yeah. I thought that. I mean, I've already detailed it when we talked about it, but to put it very succinctly, that was the boss that was like. Okay, I'm fucking I'm I'm in. I want to finish this game. I want to see any of the other bosses. Yeah. Like Pain and Terror. Yeah. Uh the the Grave Ward boss is not a particularly difficult fight. It's actually a pretty easy fight, but just the way the fight unfurls, he's like a, this massive enemy and he's shifting the actual uh playing field that you're fighting on and he's hurtling enemies at you and you're just you're trying to dodge these enemies you're trying to dodge his acid attacks his fire attacks and you're trying to avoid falling off of the uh the battleground area and it sounds difficult it's not difficult it's just very epic mm-hmm. and i it just it was where the game like like you guys just said where the bosses actually started feeling formidable and interesting mm-hmm. that's that was the first boss uh, in the game where I was like, okay, it's it's finally starting to get good. It's finally starting to be um, exciting and challenging at this point. So yeah, spectacle. Was, that boss has a lot of good spectacle to it. Yes, yes, and that's why yeah. that's why I liked him so much. He was he was my favorite fight of this year easily. Um, he plays monkey it, ball with your body. He tries yeah, to shift exactly. you around on that platform. Exactly. I I almost had a Genichiro from Sekiro as my uh, choice actually because that fight is just so painful and it's like it's it's a very well set up fight as well but yeah the Grave Ward is the one that stuck with me all year 
I mean, for the rest of the year, I should say. I wanted to have the Guardian 8, but I just couldn't get to him. So, <laughs> Guardian 8, I, I love you. Um, Josh, favorite boss battle from the man that never feels pain from video games. I'm going to guess it's from Sekiro. Am I wrong? No, you're right. The, uh, oh, oh, oh. We actually, uh, there were a lot of good bosses this year. Like like you said, the second half of Borderlands 3 has got some amazing ones. Pain and Terror are they were probably my favorite from that from that game as well um <clears throat> excuse me i uh i almost actually chose one from uh luigi's mansion 3 because i like i was telling you whenever i finally got around to playing that the bosses in that game are just great great in- including one that i think had you played it probably would have been your boss of the year me yes oh man now i want to know was there oh, a shark yes. or a turtle or something it's a shark. Captain Fishhook ah, is a ghost oh, pirate nice. captain who Sounds uh, great. like possesses part of the ship for certain phases of the fight and will like try to use the ship itself to eat you. Um, mm-hmm. It's yeah, no that that one is like completely your thing. Like it, that sounds great. Yeah, oh, I yeah. want to get that for my kid real badly. So yeah, that's that's that that was I want to get on the that for list. my kid too. <laughs> But yes, by, ki- by kid, which I mean one? Myself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, th- there were a ton of good ones. Uh, Genichiro is an amazing boss because a because he's right right at the middle of the. Well, you fight him three times through the game, like not not counting, not separating phases, but like three separate times. Um, yeah, the pro the prologue yeah. and then the middle of the game, and and, and yeah. he's got the same basic move set with just like minor variations here and there. Um, so he's a really good one, but my, my favorite boss from that game is actually Owl, who you fight twice and who was your mentor growing up. Mm. And because of which he has the same move set as you. So it's one of the few fights where you get into and you immediately know how all the moves work. Like, it's not one where, like, you'll get killed by something. Oh, I guess that's a thing I have to watch out from now on. Every one of his moves is one of your moves. You know them all by that point. Whenever you see him winding up for it, if you get hit by it, you should know what the animation looks like at this point. You're, you've been using these moves the whole game because he's the man who taught you. Um, and, like, in- including him being one of the few bosses who will, like, parry parry the way you do with like the really really strong attacks if you do like a wide open lunge at him and with it he will punish you hard just like you would another enemy if they do something like mm, that punish um and yeah the the owl boss fights are just so just that was your so, favorite so good in second the owl one yeah yeah owl, okay, well, both okay. both the owl fights both of the owl fights. they're basically the same they're just you know the the second one is a little bit faster paced. He's just he's he's more aggressive. Yeah, good good deal. That's I knew I knew it was going to be from Sekiro. I know you too well. It's always a from software game if there is one. Mm-hmm. Um, Fish, if if you'd allow me to guess, knowing you and what you said in the past, is your favorite mm-hmm. boss of the year the guy on the horse in Sekiro? No, that's right. <laughs> oh, it is. Damn it. That's correct. I thought it was going to be from Fire Emblem. Wow. Hmm. Um, is it really bosses? Well, yeah, they are bosses. <laughs> wow, I'm not going <laughs> to... has such a defeated, sad look on his face. 
no, no, the 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 horse boss in uh, Sekiro, um, Kiyubu Oniwa is his name, but um, it's like, it's one of the first bigger bosses that you actually come across in that game. Um, I think actually you come across a snake um, before that, but if I'm remembering correctly, um, he's the, he's but, considered the yeah. he's considered the first boss in the game if you look up guides and stuff. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, but he's also like yeah, the, the one of the more bigger ones, and like I I love that fight because he's like this big like kind of oni type of uh, demon type of character um, who has this massive horse and he's wielding this big old spear that he's just swiping at you at, and like he jumps onto this battlefield and it, you can see all the dead around it that that he's slain, keeping this uh, gate uh, from being. Um, gone through by anybody who's not supposed to, and like the the whole setting of that area, like I really loved, and like the fact that you're just this guy who essentially has um one arm, and you have to fight this big old dude. Like I, it, it that was like the first fight that I really fell in love with this game. Um, the the other ones were difficult, but they didn't really capture me until like I came across this one and then the subsequent bosses that came afterward like it really like rang true as far as like the From Software bosses that I've really come to enjoy over the years of, of uh, their past video or past games that they've come up with and in yeah. Dark Souls and uh, Bloodborne so um, that yeah, was literally I, the I with you fish that was the only boss fight in the game I actually liked <laughs> That's the only one because all the other yeah. ones can eat my dick. Um, there's a there, if you watch people speed run that game, there's a funny thing they do where they 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 climb on this building. They actually get his horse to either it's like either running through terrain or run off the edge. But basically, they lure him to the wall and he runs off the edge and he just dies immediately. It's like a if, one of the most fascinating things I, I ever do is watch yeah. watch a speed run of Sekiro. It's fucking weird. Yeah, he's man. like one of the only bosses you can environmental kill on this one because since they're all supposed to be, you know, these ninjas and stuff. Like yeah. they they got rid of a lot of the cheesy. Well, there's still cheesy ways to kill bosses, but a lot of the just they'll they'll walk off the side and die type stuff that you could yeah. there was there was a lot of that in the I other souls games um it was it was yeah. a very elegant fight like using your grappling hook to to loop over to him like yeah. and like i like that his attacks were a little slower so i i had more fun deflecting them because there was like that moment of hesitation where it was like up down and then i felt like they were a little a little easier to deflect which kind of yeah. made it a little bit more enjoyable for me yeah yeah mm-hmm. he's a yeah, a lot of his attacks are slower, so you can like really read them. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's except a good the one thing fight. he does, yeah. where he throw he. There's this one movie does that's brutal, where he like can hook you on the ground and sling you in circles. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And he'll just he'll drag your dead your body around like these fucking flurl like a flail. He spins your body around like a flail on a hook. It's fucked up. <laughs> um, yeah, and the weird thing about those bosses that always fascinates me in those games is that they're always a little larger than they should be. Like it's a he's a human on a horse, but the horse looks three times as big as any horse you've ever seen in your life, and his human body looks three times as big as any human. You they just make everything a little bit bigger, so it seems creepier, right? Yeah, they've always played with scale <laughs> yeah. a little bit in these games. Yes, where oh, you'll yeah. like you'll go yeah. against you know. Uh, ostensibly human opponents who are just, you know, 
well, it happened to be, you know, mm-hmm. 18 feet tall. Just I love the be, idea yeah. that all they do is change the those the character model size and it seems way creepier. It's it's just comical to me. Like no human should be there. Like that drunkard guy. I mean, I got the feeling that like I couldn't even reach his dick standing up. You know, it was terrifying. Um, <sighs> but he had whiskey dicks. It was only so terrifying. Um, all right, so whatever his name is, blah 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 blah. The horse guy from Sekiro. I'm surprised you remembered his name, Fish. Congratulations. Um, I didn't, actually. I had to look it up. Okay, good. Well, all the names in that game are just, you're never going to remember. It's all nonsense. Except Ganitra. It's all Japanese. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, all right, so favorite boss. Great choices, guys. Let's do favorite art direction. So this one's interesting. It... Fish. When you think of art direction this year, where are you leaning? I'm going to ping pong right back to you. Um, the aesthetic of, uh, Katana Zero definitely caught my eye, but, um, I don't know, like, it it was a toss-up for me between that and, um, Fire Emblem. What? Yeah. (laughs) I, I couldn't really decide on one, like, none of them were really sticking out, so, um, I guess I'm just going to go with Katana Zero just because I do enjoy, you know, that uh, uh, synthwave uh, type of look to it. Um, it's still a little more all over the place for me, like from the bathrobe to some of the other aesthetics. Like, mm-hmm. it's not on the nose cyberpunk, and I don't think it's cool. No, yeah, but it's not. It's a little wonky. It's like surreal, wonky cyberpunk. Um, if you had to nail it down. Yeah, it, it has like this weird like eighty. It goes back to like a eighties type of vibe to it as well. And like, if there's also like the, you know, the the bunker that you come across or the slaughterhouse. Like you, you go you go to many places and like even like a alleyway that seems to be in like Chinatown. But like, it, all, all the areas like are. I love the pixel art in that game and um, how well it's done and uh, the animations and everything. And um, I know it's just a backdrop to uh, the star of it, the game, which is the gameplay. But like it, it they do a really good job as far as like um, making something pretty, something that you can look at constantly while you know, you know all this fast action is going on. And um, I definitely appreciated that. So. Lots of pinks and lots of bloody. Limbs flopping all over the place. Yep. Pinks and bloodies. Um, Okay. Well, I could tell Fish was kind of uh, fumbling in his pockets for one of those. Um, He didn't tell me he had a lot of conviction on either of those. But you know what, Fish? Still love you. Um, (laughs) Still love you. Only going to be nice today. Um, (laughs) Fumbling in his pockets. I just just love the idea of Fish metaphorically just kind of reaching in like, "Eh, do you want a Katana Zero? <laughs> What's in this? Well, well, we got a fire emblem, I guess. There's art there. So we got it's a, the best we got art a of all the art. Eighteen cents. <laughs> An old sock. Um, anyways, uh, Josh, if I may be so bold as to guess, this is my favorite part of the end of the show mm-hmm. when we're getting delirious, is to try and guess favorite art direction. Sinor Waldhart. You are correct. Yo, look at that. Yes, yes, yes. This was another tough one. There was a lot of great pixel art this this year between uh, Katana Zero, between 1980X. It was just outstanding. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, sorry, my brain just died on me. It's okay. Either. It's been three hours. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. Inmost, <laughs> which has got that like Game Boy style sort of a color palette, but with, you know, depending on the area you're in, just slightly different, you know, colors. They're not all like that greenish. Let's like, but, but it's the same general aesthetic, like that sort of yeah. Game Boy thing but again like high bit type stuff like it's got particle effects and lighting and it just it's gorgeous um this this was a this was a tough tough category this year there was some really cool stuff really really well done stuff yeah but i uh, think it's good choice i remember you saying it very highly that's why i checked it out back in the beginning of the in the year because i remember what you said about that so i was yeah praying on a hunch there yeah like th- that's the reason i landed on this one because it was like of of all these games it felt like one of the more cohesive uh mm-hmm. pieces like between like a it all fitting perfectly with the music but uh, between it being super clear to read for a game that is this fast paced cuz it is this the game is ridiculously ridiculously fast paced especially in a lot of the uh um like close up like the first person levels that they have a few a few of those where you're on your motorcycle and you're in first person yeah it is just yeah. zooming zooming by yeah. and they're it's like to, low poly but like mm-hmm. bright and colorful it's like almost cell shaded yeah too, like almost of. like vector art style i'm, I'm yeah. sure it is vector art just the way anyway but like the, it looks like the music sounds if yeah, that makes sense exactly like really bright really clean um it, yeah i absolutely loved it it fits with the story as well because they have a lot of um, you know, like tarot-themed metaphors that they're kind of using for the story they're trying to tell there, and like the different characters will have, uh, you know, you know, just, just different designs that kind of reflect that. And it was, yeah, it yeah. really well yeah. done, really well done, and just cohesive as a whole. Yeah, good choice, good choice. Uh, Shay, I'm going to continue playing the game. Let me guess here. Shay Layton, favorite art direction. Ape Out? No. But that Damn was a close one. That was, on, that was on the short list here, too. All right, I quit the game. It was on the very short list, yes. No, my favorite this year was Sekido, for sure. Wow, okay, interesting. I thought you were going to go with Pokemon. We had That's a-, <laughs> a bunch of different guesses here. I, I knew you guys were going to guess those two as uh, my choices, but yeah, no. I wanted to spread some love around, and this was the mm. only category I felt truly comfortable putting uh Sekiro in for these smaller categories hmm. i um i really like the art direction and a lot of that stems from who i am as a person i obviously uh deeply love and have an appreciation for uh eastern architecture and eastern culture hence why i live in japan and clearly there's a lot of influence into kind of a traditional and natural japan in that game and historical japan which i very much appreciate if the game wasn't so hard i would have finished it much sooner (laughs) to be honest with you Uh, so i could see more of like the setting in that game because i absolutely love the art direction i love what it uh what it depicts just uh unfortunately i'm not good enough to beat that game uh or i don't have maybe i'm good enough i just don't have the patience but yeah that game is as good as it is in part because of the art direction. Yeah. Well, the, the from yeah. software games, if you don't want to see what's around the corner, then you're not going to play. 
That's all there is right. to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that game looks, I'm telling you, I'm playing that on a 1X, and that game looks fucking gorgeous. It's so good looking. Yeah, it is it really beyond is. gorgeous, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. You know, I thought a lot about this, and it was tough, because I originally wanted to give it to Control. Um, but I think the reason I ended up giving it to Death Stranding um, was because... For many years, all we really had for Death Stranding was art. Um, that's really all I had to get excited off of was, you know, Mads Mikkelsen in a sewer and just weird dead whales in the ocean and stuff. And, like, that game, their art direction is so much more than just the visual look, too. It's the design, right? You Like, Shinkawa did the, he's credited as being the art director, but also the mechanical designer for everything. So, like, if you look at, like, how a motorcycle looks, he's designing that whole thing. Stuff like that, right? Or the trike or the world. Mm-hmm. And everything, I think the art is actually probably, for me, the one of the, the best part of the game. Like, even silly things that I saw originally, like... The iconic look of Norman Reedus holding a with a BB on his chest and that weird little f- flicky thing, whatever it is, the radar on his back. I forgot the name of it. Yeah. Uh, that just, doot, 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 doot. like, it's so distinctive. Like, there's nothing that has ever looked like that. I don't think there ever will be. Now, it's not distinctive in the way that, like, a Sinar Wild Hearts is or, or something like a Control is. There's different. Because it just looks like a very pretty AAA game. But the art direction to me is, like... If you look in the details of that game, down to, like, when he hooks up his BB and you can see all the little gears on the pipes and, like, the etchings and everything, like, everything in the world, even if it looks ludicrous, feels like it actually could be real. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, a physical nature to everything, every pipe, every gizmo. Um that I think is really cool. And like when you watch like Mads Mikkelsen come out of this black goo and just like the the art to me is like the highlight of the game in many ways. And like all I had for three years before I saw Norman Reedus carrying a giant pizza at E3 was, uh, was the art, you know, that's all I had to get excited about. Mm-hmm. So, um, I had to be true to my, my soul on this one and, and go with, you know, the very distinctively strange. Yeah. Death stranding. That's fair. I mean, it is a beautiful game in its own right as well. Yeah. 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 I'd even mention the environments, which are also gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's got like a really, Again, like you said, it's it's bizarre, like sort of strange, supernatural, uh, apocalypse type thing. But it it does. It feels really cohesive. Like it, it, it like it, it all feels like it fits together as a whole. Which is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Instead really of just well. like random mismatch stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I I just love. I could stare at that game forever. And man, let me tell you. There's some beautiful shit on the way. Um, okay, so we have our art direction choices down. We are getting down to the nitty-gritty. Um, the last few topics I have here, all right? It looks like we have favorite villain, and we have our secret category that we can't talk about yet. And I think that's it. I think mm-hmm. favorite villain is it. Okay. Um, that is cool. And we have, are we doing the Patreon, uh, poll this podcast or next podcast? You know, the pay, so that's, that's a good point. Cause the, the, the best of the decade one I was thinking would fit more of our top five show. We should talk about that beforehand. I apologize. No, uh, that's good. I, I just, agree. Okay. I agree. Sounds so good. yeah, if you're, if you're a patron, we have a great question and we're doing a private Patreon show for one of our patron tiers tomorrow that you can get. It's like a secret podcast. So go to patreon.com slash swordchomp if you want to support us. 
can find all that stuff. So let's get to the last category before we uh, hopefully don't fight about stuff. <laughs> um, best villain. I can do this fairly succinctly. I There wasn't a lot of villains that stood out to me this year. Like Higgs from Death Stranding was the coolest looking villain, but I just didn't attach to his him as a character, as per his personality-wise. Um, I was, in a way, the villain to a lot of people in Fire Emblem, but I didn't view it that way. You know, I, I didn't feel like the villain. Um, and Control was an interesting game because I was really driven by it, but there wasn't a, a prototypical villain there, and I didn't really have an attachment to, like, Genichiro, Genichiro in Sekiro, per se. Um, so, I tried to have a little fun with this topic, and I settled on... The Church of Seros, or Rey, as the combination there. <laughs> because in Fire Emblem as Edelgard, the church was the enemy, as Rey turned into a giant dragon, and I was pretty disgusted by all the things that they did, especially... Look, we can split hairs, but one of the great things about Fire Emblem is there's gray area there. A lot of the characters and the villains, there's no black and white. There are perspectives and things like that. I'm not even saying they were pure bad. I'm just saying that in my world, from my perspective, and the things that happened to Edelgard, they were the enemy. And it was a broad, it was interesting to me, and this is where I'll leave it at, to play a game where the church was the enemy to me. Um, it was kind of a strange thing, especially when you're at the monastery, the half the game, you're doing things for the church. Rhea is kind of like a motherly figure to you, wink, wink. And it's it was strange to like turn against them and feel that way. And, uh, and like, I'm telling you guys, the last battle going against Rhea as a dragon was fucking, it was wild, man. It was, it was that, those last couple battles in Elgar drought are just fucking cool. And I know they're different for everyone else. So for me, it was the church of Saros, um, and Rhea sort of playing as what you would call the bad guys on the Edelgard route in Fire Emblem. Uh, what about you, Josh? Mm-hmm. Favorite narrative. Oh, I'm sorry. Blah, blah. God, it's been long. Favorite, um, villain. My favorite villain. Is uh, uh the the villain is man from a from, from Ape Out, but, but no, that's, oh, that's not actually, that's not actually my answer. But I had to say it at some point. <laughs> that's funny. The yeah, villain yeah. is man. The villain it's, is you. Yes, <laughs> it's just it's too good of a Twilight Zone answer not to say. Anyway, um, no, but actually, my favorite favorite villain this year uh, was Genichiro. <laughs> Because like the oh, whole okay. like the the way they like I, I mentioned this before a lot of the open ended storytelling they did in this game he's not seen an awful lot but uh, everything he's doing has an impact on the world around you on the other characters you're meeting um, and seeing how he is just completely going overboard and just he's losing his mind trying to save his kingdom um, is just great just. Like, like extremely great. Like, you know, See, I didn't even, yeah, I'd be curious because I didn't follow, maybe it's just because I wasn't really into the story itself, but I didn't really understand what his deal was or why. And I know you yeah. you were trying to protect the the boy or whatever, but yeah. I didn't understand why he was so bad, like what his deal well, was. Well, the, the big thing there is you, you, it's again, it's hard to grasp all this because if you don't have some sort of a background on Japanese history, it's not going to read unless you really are paying attention to the item descriptions and a bunch of the extra like my you know uh secondary dialogue and stuff um but essentially japan is being unified uh it's it's right in the you know warring states period and Mm -hmm. they are about to be absorbed by 
what will become Japan. And uh, they want to remain independent is the the big thing there. And uh, Genichiro is trying, just grasping at straws, trying to get as much power as he can to just be able to keep their kingdom independent, including yeah. the, the, you know, the inciting incident is, um, you know, kidnapping your ward to try to, you know, gain immortality through the, uh, you know, the dragon's blood. And, uh, obviously you're not going to let that happen. It's kind of the, the big thing with that. Um, but like the, the lengths he goes to like the, just the different places he tries to find the power to be able to protect his kingdom is amazing. Um, like you just, you see him become less and less human as the game goes on. Like by the half point in the game, he's got all these, you know, lightning moves and you know can float and you know it's like all this all this extra power (laughs) and then by the end of the game he's a extremely strong b still not strong enough to beat you but ends up killing himself in order to re-summon his father who is actually another character in the game um who you meet um and and interact with a lot but since he's but you know he's he's way past his prime you know the the old king is about to die it's he's just you know he's not in his prime he can't protect his own kingdom but anyway genistro can't kill you and in the end ends up you know killing himself to try to resummon his father from from hell to take you out and be able to finally have the power to protect the kingdom um and it's just yeah it's it's amazing seeing exactly being being able to empathize with what he's trying to do through all this. It's not like, um, yeah, he, yeah. he's a villain you can really yeah. empathize with. It's 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 really well done. Interesting. I wish I could have extrapolated any of that from my experience. <laughs> I I really do. Um, all right, cool. Uh, Genichiro. Mm-hmm. So we have two down. Uh, fish. You're gonna drop a bomb on me for best villain? What we got here, big guy? Oh, yeah. I got nothing but bombs over here, baby. And crusty socks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) crusty sock bombs? It's like a Molotov, except it's filled with semen. Yeah, it's like a water balloon, but I'm just. Yeah. You said this glass, this dried cum, it just shatters like glass shrapnel. Okay, sorry. Continue. It's a dust ball. Um, my favorite villains from 2019, um, and I noticed I said villains because Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, it, it's it was tough. It was tough, but it was definitely Morgan and Josh <laughs> <laughs> in in Mario Maker Two. Oh, your guys' levels. Man. I thought you were gonna say Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> I gotcha. <you. laughs> No, that yeah, that should have been Ganondorf. Out. What are you talking about? It, it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, yeah, Mario Maker, like playing Josh's level, like even though he only made, oh, all right, only played one of his levels, um, like I, going through it, like I was like, yeah, this is great. Like Josh made a really good, cool level, and then eventually I came across a part where I was just like, fuck it, I'm not doing this anymore. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, it it's uh it was that room Josh where like you're on those bouncing notes and it's like you have to time oh, it to where yeah. you go through like mm-hmm. these spikes and everything to get a key and I did that like 
uh, a dozen times until I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm just giving up right here. And and Morgan was pumping out a, a bunch of levels, and like I beat like his first two levels. He also had like a run level that was fun as well. Um, but eventually he made one. Um, I forgot which one. What was, it was the one that broke you? The lava castle one? Yeah, it was the lava oh, one for yeah. sure. And I couldn't even get past like the first area of that game or that level, and I was just like, oh my god. Um, you, you guys have no idea how much I was cursing your names. Um, <laughs> from we behind my we were the true Switch villains. Screen. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's a that's a that's a cute one, fish. Good way to go out. Um, you know, I oftentimes forget about Mario Maker just because it was so long ago. But yeah, that was a fun little period. I know you guys didn't get into the creating as much as I did, but yeah. it was a good time. I've been wanting to get back into that since they added in the uh, the link power up, which just yeah, completely changed cool. the way you could make stuff yeah it's i i haven't but yeah when hmm. as soon as they announced that i was like yeah like a completely new set of options about how you can approach levels with that now so yeah donkey kong maker where are you at um still in for donkey kong country all right shay you are the last one here before we go into the fight phase now remember after the fight phase we have a very special emotional topic for you guys shay favorite Really quick, are we fighting to see which one for each one of these categories is represent? Are we voting for those this year? Same thing we do every year. Yep. Oh, okay. I thought we, I thought we talked about not, last year not doing it this year, but I wasn't sure. We had mentioned it, but okay. Um, mine's gonna be really quick, as you guys can well expect. Uh, my favorite villain of 2019 is zombies. And there was zombies. It's in always Red Dead zombies. Red Dead, uh, there's Red Dead Two, Days Gone, uh, The Walking Dead. There's zombie-like creatures in Control. Um, I love zombies. I love uh, facing off against those enemies. I, everyone knows my deep love for zombies. So zombies, zombies, zombies. Did you say there were zombies in Red Dead Two? Sorry, not Red Dead 2, Resident Evil 2. I'm oh, sorry. okay. I was like, whoa, well, that was weird. Um, this is, this is the Zombie Collective, favorite villain. Yeah, I think that sort of... I'm surprised after how much you got in the Borderlands you didn't go with the uh, with the twins there. But um, Nope. Zombies. All right. Zombies it is. Uh, okay, so 